Go ahead. Oh, we're good. Yeah. Okay. So, everybody, welcome to Drift Sessions. I am here with Captain Ben. Uh, ahoy. Ahoy, Captain. And we have two special guests. We have Sean Karakuzian. Hello. I said that right, right? Yes. You said Sweet. It I keep questioning myself every no, time no, I say you it. Said it perfectly. And we have Jerome Davison of Arrowkay. Okay. So, okay. Arrowkay is okay, right? Arrowkay. <laughs> so, we brought them on because, one, I've known Sean for oof, quite a few years. And, um, right. And just recently, which we'll get into a little later, he started something new, a new endeavor in business and, um, came to his house, saw his 240, his S13, as beautiful, super clean as it was sitting in in a, in a, just a nicely decorated garage, like the wheels, it just looked really nice. It was sitting at home in in his garage. And then we just started getting talking and he's like, Hey, I'd like to come on the show sometime. Oh yeah. And so here he is. So that being said, are we? Can we? Should we show his car first? Uh, yeah. You want to go with the car first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Can we? Can you show the video there so we can see what we're doing? Uh, Is that possible? Yeah. Let me go ahead and pop that up so that way people can get a view exactly as to what they're seeing. There we go. Okay. So you got it. Oh, yeah. I want to see it there. So I'm all sure. cameras on right now. Hang yeah, on. yeah. Cameras oh, are on. Yeah, cool. we're on. Yeah, oh, you're on. Yeah. On. <laughs> I know it's a weird thing, right? You know, you can't see yourself. We're just kind of talking, and that's the beauty of it. So. Um, but while he's getting that set up, Sean, so tell us where you're from. Um, well, I'm originally from Montreal, Canada, um, mm-hmm. but came here to the States, Florida straight, uh, 92 and mm-hmm. pretty much grew up my entire life in Coral Springs. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I stay in Coral Springs now. I bought a house last year, so still okay. around. And, and Jerome? Born and raised South Florida. Okay. Yeah. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. In the Coral Springs area? Pretty much. Yeah. So you... Were you part of Night Monkeys back in the day, too? Oh, yeah, original. Yeah, it was original. Yeah. Oh, really? The original okay. three. The yeah. original three is me, Jerome, and my brother. I'm sorry I didn't know yeah. that. I was a little more low-key on the scene. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah we, were, we were talking. It's like, man, Jerome, Jerome, what did he drive? We were trying to... S14 hatch. I started off with, then S13 hatch after that. He yeah. had the super yeah. low, like, maroon S13. He um, he had the, uh, the mid... No, the top mount. No. V mount, V mount. Oh, V yeah. mount. Yeah, okay, I remember V mount, but um, G core wide, wide body. Though. Yeah, yeah. So but then I, he eventually went cre- like cream color, yeah. right? Yeah, Down there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I have to admit though, I was like, and this is really sounds dorky, but like you guys were like the coolest. Like when I saw Night Monkeys, but like it was back when drifting was young. Yeah, right. And when I would see you guys, because I did air conditioning, so I did a lot of service calls. So every once in a while, I see you guys driving around. I was like, ah, oh, it's just so, you know, just like, I want to be like them, you know? And it was right when I was first starting to learn how to drift in the RX-8 mistake. But <laughs> it was like, Those are good it days, was just man. like, you guys were like it down here because the scene was so really small. It was, it was, yeah. It was like, it was definitely an underground scene back then. So where did the name Night Monkeys come from? Oh, man. Yeah. I, I remember this like it was yesterday. Yeah, bro. I remember I that clearly. The, you remember that? Yeah. So we first ended up because it was it was a group of us. Um, me, Jerome, and my brother we we had a vision we of of Arrow K and Arrow K Designs is actually that name has been around before we even thought about Arrow K Garage or even Team Arrow K. Okay, because I started designing different aerodynamic kits and I posted a p- bunch of pictures of it back on SFL back in the day. I don't right. know if you remember that thread. No, I don't. But um. I we wanted to build just different body kits and make a 240 or any mm-hmm. jab car just look badass. Right. You know? Am I supposed to say badass? That's fine. I'm good. Okay. Right. You know, I don't know if this was. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, Go for it. But you know, 
and the vision started to where we have a shop, we design our own body kits, we do performance work, um, you know, just we have a showroom floor. So that that was our vision for Arrow K, but we also love drifting and mm-hmm. we used to watch like option videos. And I remember this one video that we used to watch, there was a team of all red cars and they were called Red Sharks. You know, huh. and it okay. was just like so cool because like they're drifting the Toge Mountains right. in Japan and all the cars were red and they all were like, nah, 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 nah. I mean, some like yeah. funny jets. Remember that? Video? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, and there was other teams with all these unique names. Look that up. Red Sharks. And um, so, you know, we had a couple of our friends that we were into cars. We love watching the Japanese video. So we decided to kind of get together and open up a, like a shop in, in Corporate Park Coral's um Coral Springs. Coral Springs, yeah. And uh, just to have like a hobby shop so we can work on our cars, store mm-hmm. tires and stuff like that. And uh, one night, we were there late night. We probably had some had a few beers. Uh, the shop had a loft. And uh, we were kind of hanging up like hanging out um, up there. And Beastie Boys came on and Brass Monkey. Ah. Right? Oh, okay. So that's right. why I came on. So, you know, me being a little tipsy, you know. <laughs> so I started singing along. But instead of saying Brass Monkey, I said, Night Monkeys. Really? The Funky Monkeys. Mm. And my brother stopped me. He goes, Sean, what did you say? I was like, <laughs> night monkey. And I was even realizing, I was even right. saying the wrong lyrics. I yeah, thought you I was thought like, you were totally, this is the words, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so my brother's like, yo, because my car was black. Um, and we just, I remember the GP Sports catalog. Remember? Yeah. In the JDM magazine, whereas the GP Sports advertisement of a black S14 and a black S13 dropped just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we we're just like, damn, these cars are sexy. Mm-hmm. So like, yo, what if we create a drift team? called the night monkeys mm-hmm. and all of our cars are black so we painted all of our cars black right, right. and we call ourselves the night monkeys hmm. from um, just this, like that a team yeah, is yeah, born yeah. Yeah. yeah you know but then that's usually how it works right a lot of times people come up with names not planning to come up with a name but you came up with the name singing the wrong words to a song literally and it totally worked because <laughs> i mean the logo is cool i have I have it on my keychain. I don't know if they can see this or not, but yeah. So I got yep. the Night Monkeys keychain. I got like three of them. So every keychain in the house has one. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, and then I have those little uh, air fresheners as well in every car. But um, yeah, let's go over the car now. And are you guys okay with that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah, cool. All right, just want to make sure Ben's all set up. Okay, yeah. you, you want to walk over there? Yeah, okay, let's walk over. All right. Wait. Oh wait, what? Well, what? no, you. Like, there's no microphone there, so you guys gotta have to like do it from there. Oh, okay. So, all right. You know? Yes. So just follow so, along with the camera. All right. Why don't you bit? point? We point at stuff and we'll describe it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. So, anyways, this shot, this is your car. How long have you had this car? Uh, so, I bought it August of 2019. Oh, oh so, so you had it for a good while. So, just prior to the pandemic. That is correct. Okay. So, and funny, it's a funny story about the car. I don't mean to cut you off. No, no. Go for it. I kept seeing it on Craigslist for like a long time. Um, and I kept saying, I was like, oh, man, I would love to get back in a 240. I miss my S14. Mm-hmm. So finally, I said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to look in this car. So I ended up reaching out to the kid. He still had it. He gave me his address. This guy lived 30 seconds from my house. Are you serious? 30 seconds from my house. I was like, no way. So I went over there. I checked out the car. I mean, super clean. I mean, needed a paint job, right. had little dings here and there. But I looked inside at full interior, factory radio. Mm-hmm. One tiny little crack on the dash had all the dash panels. I mean, the car for a '93 mm-hmm. was clean, right. even though it needed work. It was clean, right? Um, so I saw a gray canvas. It was and running. Started it and drove home. Needed wheel bearings, needed well, new right, suspension, right, right, right. brakes, things like that. But again, thankfully, I lived 30 seconds away from the kid. Um, yeah, so you didn't have to drive it too far. Exactly. 
No, it's beautiful. So it's the only really thing the kid do, did to it, and unfortunately, well, no, fortunately for him, is 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 fortunately for me. I'm sorry, but his wife got pregnant, and he couldn't really um, on for their second child, and he couldn't afford to keep the car, or do any more work. Well, it's a good so, time, a good thing you got it when you did, because I'm sure you, today's prices are it's ridiculous, ridiculous, insane. If I yeah. tell you what I paid just for the Kuki, the Type X Kuki parts, compared to what the prices are now, insane. Mm-hmm. It's that tag. Well, even with the E30s, the E30s have gone through the roof. I don't know what it is. I had a hard time finding one under ten grand. I mean, I ended up getting a good deal on that one, but like people want to sell buckets that didn't run with no interior for five, six thousand dollars. It's insane. Yeah, I was just talking to one of my colleagues. Like, I wanna, I wanna keep that car as original as I can. You know, right. with I don't know if I want to go SR. I will have to go SR, but yeah, prices are through the roof. Oh but my gosh, SRs are ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is for S15. It's like ten grand for an SR motor. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. But um, but I did also realize that these 240s are getting in value the more original you keep them, you know. So mm-hmm. I feel like it is a 240SX. It's not a 180SX. So I figured maybe, you know what, let me keep it KA. Just try to look for a long block, freshen it up, right. rebuild it to a brand new specs, and mm-hmm. um, have just, again, still a factory car. You know, that's like my main objective while giving that 90s period correct uh, appearance. Okay. Um, but you can't even find a KA. Back in the day... K's no, were like you can even give it away. I know people didn't you want know? it. Yeah. Like literally, you get a full motor for four hundred bucks. I did give one away. Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> point to uh, point being, so it's like I was looking for some right now. It's like someone was selling the K for two thousand dollars, man. Wow, are you kidding me? It's a K. They're selling for two thousand dollars. Two grand. It was a complete mm-hmm. K motor. That's in, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Now nah, I don't know if anybody bought it in this kid. No, but just I mean, just the fact that somebody thought that this will work. That I, you know, yeah. Like this, that hey, this is a good idea. Two thousand dollars. Well, I mean, there are some ridiculous prices out there, but good lord, yeah. So you know, but thankfully again, that car is relatively stock. Um, you know, obviously, like yeah, I said, Overtex is majority aesthetics. I mean, suspension is fully worked. I mean, it has you know BC Racing coilovers. Um, you know, I had Chelsea, you know, Denofa, right? Uh, set it up with pretty good specs. Um, all the suspension arms have been upgraded, has S14 front lower control arms, uh, brand new bushings, you know, throughout the car. Uh, aesthetic wise, obviously has a type X kit all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only aftermarket arrow was the M sports hood and the, the D speed mirrors. Um, and I'm actually, you know, I, I don't want to brag, but those are probably literally the only side mirrors here in the U S really. Yeah. 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 No, the car is really clean. Like when you open your garage, why don't you come by to get the, the shirts and stuff? It was like, it's just like. It's Beautiful. kept in the garage for like, and I'm not really like a Nissan fan. Like, you know that because I like the BMW stuff. And he's a Toyota guy, right? But like, I I just, like if I was going to have one, that's what I'd want it to look like. Thanks, man. I appreciate you know? it. I no, appreciate it's beautiful. It. I mean, there's a lot of inspirations too that I get from like you know social media now and stuff like that. But I always I wanted to put it my own twist, you know, with the tri stars and clean, kind of like the hood and the arrow set up, and you know, give it like my own like touch to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love the car, man. It, it just honestly, it always brings a smile to my face every time I drive it. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Um, Jerome, what are you? Are you driving something now? Or Nothing just, right you, now. Yeah, I've been yeah. there. I've been there. You know how it is. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, you're planning to get something soon. Yeah. What do you have your eyes on? Uh, Nissan. Oh, Nissan. For sure, man. Okay. Nissan for life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. 300ZX, I know. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah most likely. Like a Z32. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're actually, well, I don't know about recently. Pretty reasonable, I've seen some honestly, pretty good, yeah. Right, I have some pretty, seen some pretty good deals on those. Mm-hmm. Not too bad. Um, we'll you know, find one. Yeah. We'll find one. We'll find the right time. We're just talking around right here and be like, man, imagine if both of us had a car right now. Like, we'd probably cruising, like, every weekend. The thing about the 300Zs, like... They are such a nice when they're clean and they're done simple. 
Mm-hmm. They are beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But people rag them out and it just, it gives it, you know. Yeah. The thing scary. about those cars yeah, is like you, you have, have to do it right. You have to keep it simple. Right. That's the thing with those cars. Like Nissan came out with a beautiful design straight from the beginning. Exactly. You know, where you do not have to do much Mm-mm. to that car um, no, just to make it look, you know, just that timeless look that it has. Right. Uh, yeah. Nissan did very, very well in the they 90s, did. I feel they like. They did. Yeah. They did a good job. That was, I think that was the best years. The designs. I, mean, I think European cars and Japanese cars, I feel 80s and 90s were the ideal years. Timeless. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, those those two decades, man, they were very, very good to, yeah, no, to, they those, are. Uh, to those markets. Um, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about back in the day. Um, I'm gonna throw two names at you and I want you to give me some insight in your experience or your time with them, hanging out with them. One is Chelsea Denofa. He came down here. You guys hung out quite a bit, I understand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. He was a night monkey all yeah, the okay. way through, yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, Absolutely. so how did that relationship develop, and how did you meet him? Well, meeting him, I ended up meeting him just out of the blue. So it was funny. I was driving in my S14, and it was right here on 441. We were coming down the bridge on sample, and a white 240 passes by me, right? Mm-hmm. And... Honestly, I thought it was a girl that passed by. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Chelsea had long hair. You guys remember Phil? Was flowing in order. Yeah, I remember Phil yeah, yeah. So yeah. he was in the passenger seat. So Phil was a night monkey also, and um, so they passed by me, right? And I see his hair flowing. Chelsea had long hair, and I was like, "Oh, yo, look at that!" Ch-. I think well, my brother was in the car. I was like, "Yo, driving that car. Let's chase her down." Right, just went off. Um, so literally later on that day, well, was it later on that day? Maybe it was the next day. I'm, I'm sitting in front of, um, when I was living with my folks, um, I used to be a cigarette smoker, but I'm sitting in front of my parents' house. I'm smoking a cigarette and I'm staring at my S14. You know, mm. just, I yeah, love you just stare at car. Yeah, of course. I do it. I still stare at my 30. I stare at my car right. literally in the garage. Yeah. Um, and I'm smoking a cigarette, then a really, really clean FC RX-7, black FC RX-7, pulls up into my cul-de-sac, right? I'm like, who the hell is this guy pulling up into my cul-de-sac? He pulls in front of me. He goes, hey, man, sweet car. I was like, thanks, you too. It was Chelsea. Okay. We talked for like an hour. So random, extremely right. random. We talked for about an hour. He said, hey, we're going street drifting later on tonight. You want to come? I said, hell Yeah. Called Jerome up, called my brother up. He, Jerome had his S14. My brother mm-hmm. had his hatch. Mm-hmm. Literally, me, Jerome, my brother, Chelsea, Phil. I don't think Phil was driving. I think Phil was just in the passenger seat for Chelsea. And then mm-hmm. who else was with us? I don't know. Maybe Dean? Yes, yes. And it was yeah. Dean. I don't know if you, remember, I don't know if you ever met I don't, Dean. I don't, he I had don't. a right-hand drive S13. Cool. Um, Not off the top of my head. I and we went tri- street drifting that night. Mm. And since then, that's where we were that niche group. And... Probably like weeks after that is when we had the encounter for Night Monkeys. Really? Yeah. And, and Chelsea was there hanging out with you guys now? Every night. Wow. Yeah. Every night. Yeah, we had a little shop in Coral Springs and like that was the hub. Huh. And yep. I, I have lots of stories of nights that we had over there that well, share one. And <laughs> oh, uh, no, certain people uh, have some sponsors. No. They got to help keep it. No, just not, but no, nothing too illegal. Mostly street drifting. Right. Crashing. Exactly. All street drifting and just causing mayhem. Um, but it, it was just, you know, we're, we're young and we just, all of us shared the same passion for drifting. 
Um, you know, and then once we moved into a bigger location, we had a TV, um, and all it played was just Japanese drifting videos. Of course. That's all we right. played throughout and throughout and throughout the days. And, um, it was just awesome nights, man. And at that time where you guys all had your own jobs and you guys, this is all something you did on the side. That's yeah, correct. pretty did much. Did ever get to the point where you guys were just doing the garage or, or no? Um, we I mean, were close to that point yeah. And then just like things that happen with life we kind of it, it all broke apart yeah yeah because yeah, with yeah. us importing the parts from japan um so we had the container come in or whatnot but you know with everything happened with my brother and mm -hmm. the economy was around yeah. the worst time, was, so it, was it, time. It, it was just we were ready to start off we had the right plan we had everything we wanted to go i mean we were still turning business you know but we still had our day jobs to you know pay the rent and whatnot because some some right. months it was it was hard to, to pay the rent at the shop you know, but we had a decent space. We did some decent work. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but yeah, it just unfortunately the timing was not right. So, so how was Chelsea? Were you teaching him or was he teaching you guys back no, then? He was nah, always he was, on another level. He was level. always on another level. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. he's just, um, you know, I had the opportunity recently to get in a car with him. And I mean, even though, like, oh, yeah. yes, I, I, I drifted back in the day, you know, not on his level by any means. No, it was a different level. But from a competition level, level exactly, you know, and, his it's insane unreal the, well just, drifting is a different level altogether completely. I mean, you look at you know around you know first few seasons of formula drift compared to now you're like that's that was like it's not like even street the cars you guys are happy. i mean yeah, right, exactly. yeah. it's like right. you go to regular drift day and we went to um king of osw mm. and they were putting they put those fd guys to shame back in the day mm -hmm. so the scene's totally changed yeah, of course yeah. You know, back then you had a four or five hundred horsepower car. You had a professional competition oh, you, yeah, car yeah, yeah. with legit. your Bolton Safety Twenty One K. Exactly. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now you have a four or five hundred horsepower car. You're not even going to be able to compete or keep up with any of these guys. Right. Right. You know, where it's like the level of drifting, especially the, the angle kits nowadays. Insane. You yeah. know, um, it's it just like you know, back then, like we, you know, we kept it simple and. But it was still, I don't want to say hard to afford it, but we worked our butts off to be able to afford, um, you know, just drifting. Fortunately, mm -hmm. you know, we had some sponsors that helped out or whatnot, uh, especially when it came to like some traveling expenses, mm -hmm. like tire costs, things like that. But, um, but you know, if we had to do it now, it'd be so difficult yeah. to try to keep up, you know? Yeah, and, it's this whole other game, man. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a whole other yeah. game. Um, so the other thing I was going to throw at you, because uh, we got to interview him, oh, about a year or so ago, almost two years ago, and he had like just nothing but just great words for you like he he brought it up and um about the night monkeys and everything down here was reese marin oh reese reese yeah yeah oh yeah yeah because yeah. he's good guy he's, man yeah because yeah, he's hitting the drift scenes he's close with chelsea mm -hmm. he, yes, he teaches yes. with them yeah he teaches right so he was competing at uh clutch kickers was that last season i think it was last season yeah I don't and think he's competing this. No, no, no not this yeah. season. No, he's kind of just done. Honestly, yeah. sorry, I didn't want to cut no, you go off. For I it. thought you said Reese Millen. Like, no, Reese Marin. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah, thought you said Reese Millen. Millen. I was like, I don't know. How does he know us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, he um, Reese Marin came on when we were doing the um, Clutch Kickers live stream. And when we first started doing a live stream, it was more of a, I don't know, just kind of a chill vibe, I would have to say, right? Like, we would just grab drivers and put them on a live stream and ask questions. Nice. Because a lot of times we had downtime. We didn't have, when it, back then, we didn't have all the commercials. It was a little uh, smaller production, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So we just grabbed drivers and, hey, come on the live stream and we'll talk. And, and we just interview them. 
And we have Rome Charpentier on there. Um, we had Chelsea was on there. Well, quite a few of the drivers. Mm-hmm. So we pulled Reese. And he, so he was on there for a while. We had to get Diana to pull him off. I mean, he was, he was talking, talking, talking. <laughs> right. um, but he just, he, one of the things he brought up, he's like, yeah, you guys are from South Florida, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, man. Shot and all them, they're freaking so cool. I went down there and and Chelsea was like, you got to come down here and drift with these guys, man. You got to come yeah. down here. And, and you said, Reese was said straight up. I was like, what am I going to learn from them? Like, you know, we're drifting up here. I guess he was in Pennsylvania. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Right. Philly. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, what am I going to learn from them? You know, we, we got it going on pretty good up here. But he said, he goes, I was really shocked. Yeah. Because I was not expecting that. And he had nothing but great words for you guys. So what was, awesome, man. how long was he down with you guys? Or he just come down for like a weekend? From what I can remember, he came down like 2006 for a, a competition. It okay. was like to get a license at, at, at Moroso. Moroso. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he did a tour check event. Mm-hmm. Was it Turtick event? No, no, it was Nopi. It was, it was, it was either Nopi or Drift 411, which Drift 411 back in the day was a feeder series for Formula D. Okay. So it was based on, because back then, like now it's just straight Pro 2 mm-hmm. feeder series, but you had regional events back in the day. Right. Drift 411 was kind of like the Southeast regional event mm-hmm. uh, as a feeder series to go to into like Formula D to get like okay. points and get licensed, um, which... I think that was the. What was the SW? When SWD, I don't think it was around back then. No, no, no I don't think so. SWD no. wasn't around. Um, but maybe it might, might have been, been later, like 2007, no, 2008. Maybe it was Nopi. No, I think it was Nopi. Was it the same there event XDC, where you did? Well? There was XDC also, but I don't know. No, he didn't did drive it? XDC. It was. Um, no, I think it was Nopi. I think it was for like when the Nopi season came down. Because they came um, to Three Palms. When it was in Three Palms back then, it was Punta Gorda. Right. Right, right, right. That was my first trip. That's where the qualifying was, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was either the Drift 411 events or um, uh, Nopi. But I feel like, didn't we meet Reese also at that event when we went to Atlanta? The, the Drift event when, unfortunately, that accident happened? Yeah, I don't remember. I don't think so. No, I feel yeah. like maybe, maybe So he kind of came down. Yeah. And you guys took them out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we also took, you know, um, Rafi ran Nopi. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we were going to Englishtown Raceway a lot as well, and he was always, you know, competing. I think it was Nopi because he would be competing at the um, Nopi events also, mm-hmm. especially at Englishtown. Uh, not okay. Englishtown. Um, yeah, Englishtown. Okay, Englishtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't been up there. Yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, one day maybe. Um, but yeah, no, no. Reese, Reese, definitely. He's a funny guy, man. He's a yeah. guy as well. It's been a little while since you know we got a chance to like hang out, but obviously through social media and all that stuff. Right, you know? right. I just I thought it was interesting. It kind of like took me by surprise because I know he's from up north, mm-hmm. and I'd never met him before. But then we were kind of always just stuck in Calhoun. That was like a little void. That was our hole, right? That was paradise. Though, it man. was for us, yeah. right? So that okay, um, was awesome. I never got to meet him before, if we can say. Yeah, no, I just wanted to, well, finish up your, your thought. Go ahead. Oh, no, but I was saying when we were doing the interview that he brought that up, and I was just like, oh, okay. Like, small world. Yeah, yeah. small world. <laughs> yeah. Now, nah, Reese is good people's. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about, it's in regards to this moment in time, which I'm going to pull up over here. Oh, man. Oh, and I already know this. Was- Oh, let, me just, let me just get this nice. ready over I here. already think I know and where you're going to go with this one. <laughs> I, I want to know, Damn. what can you tell us about this photo? When was it from? What was the state of the vehicle? And what can you tell us about this moment in time? Um, I yes, remember this photo. I'm looking at my bumper. I was like, crap, I need a new bumper. While it's, you're thinking, I'm going to give you a little liquid encouragement. Um, we're at Homestead Speedway. I don't know if we were doing a demo. It was for an yeah, event. It was a demo. It was a demo. It was a demo. And I remember I was coming. 
I mean, I forgot like the ways of the track, but it was the reverse way because where you would enter the track and then you would enter that one S turn, I guess going downhill. And then I remember we were going uphill and on the transition, my car just decided to say, hey, let's go straight. It just as it kicked sideways, it just for some reason caught some grip. And I just wanted to go sideways, and I went headfirst into the gravel. And oh. Like my whole, and if that's what you're kind of referring to, my almost my entire front end up to, like, my grill was in the gravel. They had to tow me out. <laughs> well, I'm not I'm really, surprised my bumper even lasted that much. Right. Well, I'm not really talking about, like, what transpired and what caused this. Uh, that's I'm just, what came I'm just to my th- mind. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm just thinking most, about, um, uh, because many people may not realize or may not know how far back you guys go. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of kind of like throwing it back to kind of give people reference because right now you're with this S13 and people may think like, oh, well, these guys are just starting off, but there's a history here. Mm-hmm. And many times that that history isn't, is may perhaps forgotten so we're trying to sort of kind of highlight that. The gotcha. fact that it's okay. like you've had a history. You've had this vehicle at a time where many people weren't even considering the looks, which I recall there was a, there was a point where I thought, no, thought no. that was Paul for a moment. No. Anywho, there was a time that you guys actually made it a point, made a statement that um, and this is on the forum where it's like you mentioned that people needed it to you know, take notice of like how they present themselves, not only as, as individuals, but most importantly, their vehicles, Mm -hmm. because you would just Mm -hmm. see these like random colored uh, body panel, the two forties just out and about trashing the the track, but you know, cool, whatever. But at the same time, it's like, I think that it ties into the professionalism Mm -hmm. that you had at that time that many people sort of kind of like overlooked because the way how you guys sort of, you know, were uniformed in many ways kind of showed with this because I could just go ahead and like show more photos. But I think going back to the point is that this is back in 2007. Right. The mm-hmm. presence you guys brought to a track when you guys would roll up. Yeah. You're like, whoa, these guys like, I don't know if you realized it or not. You may not have because a lot of times you don't see it. Like you like your car, you did it a certain way. But when you guys would come up uniform and all the cars were clean, same color, and all the panels, which was rare back then. <laughs> Looking nice and going out there and performing, the presence that you brought, what you brought to the events, even though they were little grassroots events, was, I mean, people remember that. Sean, awesome. Sean always had a big emphasis on style. Right. Yeah. I think MSC it, events was what really yeah. inspired us to like have a nice, clean body kit, full yeah. painted panels, right. matching yeah. teams. But, I mean, you did it together. Like, mm-hmm. if one car pulls up, you're like, okay, but you guys came as a crew, mm-hmm. and it made a whole I mean, difference. We hung out every night, man. Yeah. Right. We hung out every night. We were in front of the shop till 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning while we had to get up at 7 or 8 to get ready mm-hmm. for work. I mean, we're young. We were able to do that. Now right. I'm dead for the whole yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, we, we had the same passion. We had the same vision. We would just talk about it. Uh, again, we would watch these videos and just see how synchronized each team was. And, like, we were such a close group we're just like, why don't we we share the same passion? Why don't we actually execute it? Yeah. You know, and um and it took a lot of work. You know, I remember Jerome's car was, you know, spotted with several areas, sanding it down to get it looking good. Uh same with my brother's car. I mean, Chelsea back in the day is Miata. We painted it at our shop. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, remember it, his gold Miata? Yeah, yeah. We yeah, painted that over like two days. Yeah. yeah. And um fully stripped down, painted really, it, got okay. it ready for a homestead event. Yep. Or no, Hylia event. 
No, I yeah, Hylia. Yeah. No, I had the little ring. No, no, no. That, that Chelsea's was, yeah, gold no, no, Miata. No, no, that was that was that was no Hylia. Chelsea didn't do Homestead. Yeah, Chelsea didn't do Homestead because we were charging Homestead at the time. Right. Because I never did Homes uh, Hylia. Yeah, I went there with him the night the day oh, he really? painted it. Yeah, oh, it was like maybe, s- still tacky that. when we were like driving to the event. <laughs> <laughs> like bugs are getting yeah. stuck in it. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah, because Chelsea wasn't down here at the time. I don't think he was because we, no. we, we would have called him. Yeah, he. Yeah, I think Ryan. he was already Ryan gone. Was kind of hanging out with you guys then too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ryan was around that time. Yeah. Yep. So that was that. Like that was. I don't know if this was the first homestead, but this was one of the. It was one yeah, of the early ones. But one. this this version of my car, though, is when we actually started trying to be more competitive, be more professional. Mm-hmm. Um, because at one point, all of our cars were black. There was really no library on it, other mm-hmm. than the Night Monkeys old English um, right on the written on the bad yeah. panel. Um, but again, we wanted to be a little bit more competitive when it came to our dr- uh, driving to be mm-hmm. uh, attract more, obviously, companies, right. sponsors, things like that. So this was around the time we started being more competitive and competing in other events other than just in South Florida, okay. uh, where we added the livery on the car, Arrowcade Massive on the mm-hmm. side, a couple right. of our sponsors. Yeah. Uh, Revwire was a big sponsor of ours. Yeah. They supplied all of our T-shirts. Um, RYO was a distributor that we were actually importing parts in from Japan, but they, we kind of had like a semi-sponsorship where we, they gave us free coilovers for the cars. Okay. Um, so, you know, this was a professional stage. My favorite stage though, when, I mean, the car went through so many different stages, mm-hmm. uh, but when it was just all black, all black, like a hugged your ass kid on it. Um, mm-hmm. just the simplicity, you know? Right. And that was your first drift car. That was my first drift car. Yeah. And how long did you have it? I had it for 11 years. I believe 11 years. I bought it in 2004 and sold it oh, maybe yeah. 10 years. Sold it in 2014. No, right, 2015. That's, that's you and Ryan. Yeah. It's Ryan Kaufman's uh, Miata. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You have more pictures? Uh, yeah, I got a couple more that I could pull up. Yeah. Damn, man. You're making me miss my S14. <laughs> that was like, that was, that was, when we did that demo, when we first went out there and they put us in those garages, I was just like, wow, this is like, this I know, right? This what insane. a treatment. We're not, we're not in the grass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, yeah, what treatment? You know, we were still the best, you know, and especially the, like those in the garage setting like that with the lighting, cars just looked yeah. insane. Yeah, it yeah. did. It was one of the events where I remember Jeremy Lowe was out there with the red smoke tires, which we talk about yep. all the time. Yep. And we were just like, oh, oh, they, they flipped out when they saw the red smoke. And he had to change his tires. Uh, let me just yeah. pull that up there. It was nice. actually great to see Jeremy J Lo again after a while too, because he's, he was judging yeah. one of the judging the clutch yeah, shakers. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I remember, I, I heard that. I mean, I didn't get a chance to really like see him, but it's nice to see um, old faces kind of getting back involved. And yeah. I know Dan Chilton got his car running recently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, recently I think within the last year, I don't know if he's done any events or not, but it's nice to see he yeah. still has his white FC, and you know, it's it's just. Harry Travol's got a car now too. Yeah, yeah. Harry, I haven't Harry's, seen it yet. <laughs> Harry just built another, uh, I think, LS BMW, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah LS yeah. BMW. Yeah, from our stance, um, we got video. Yeah, we got video. Oh. Oh. Back to red green videos. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell this is a long time ago. Yeah. There's no filter. It was an S13 SR20 motor. Um, at this stage, 
nah, because when the car was red is when I went uh, the GT28. Uh, but at that stage, it was stock SR, T25 turbo, obviously exhaust, intercooler, blow-off valve, mm-hmm. uh, just very reliable tune off of SAFC, Z32 math. That's it. Mm-hmm. And it was running, that was probably around 14 pounds of boost. And on the T25, I remember this because um, everybody was just completely surprised at the numbers, but it put 288 to the wheels with like, 240 feet pounds of torque on a T25 at 14 pounds of boost. doing pretty good back in yeah, the day. That was reliable for a while. Right, exactly. All yeah. day long. Yeah. That motor ran me for eight years. And okay. you guys know all the events I did. Yeah. And for a good while, I daily drove the car. Yeah. Okay. Eight years until my valve seal started to go. And I was like, all right, it's time for a rebuild. Um, and then I went GT28, um, bigger injectors and a better tune. Mm-hmm. And the car put, I think, like 340, 350 to the wheels. And that mm-hmm. was fun, man. Mm-hmm. That was fun until I blew the motor. Well, let me let me ask you this. Um, we've known you traditionally to have the S14. Is there a particular reason why? Is there, um, is it uh, the looks? Is it just the... Like, what do you attribute to the fact that you you were so attracted at that time to the S14? Honestly, when I went back and said the GP Sports advertisement, there was a black kooky, and I said, wow. <laughs> okay. It was dropped on some deep dish 18-inch like VIP wheels with black faces, GP Sports kit, and the car just looked hmm. amazing. And I said, I want a black kooky. And plus, I love the, uh, the headlights. It's just badass, you know? And, and But that advertisement really inspired a lot for me for us for arrow k mm-hmm. um just by looking at those two cars just like chilling side by side what's funny is though right before he bought the s14 he nearly got a s13 hatch a red one yeah, yeah. he was yeah. like dead set really wasn't and, it a single uh, cam did you really also have his s13 already no, no my brother had a literally a complete spoon sports inspired eg civic i mean oh, literally oh, okay um interesting my we, we're always in the cars like you know obviously my brother being older than me you know he he had the toys first mm-hmm. but um he had a red very clean uh eg hatch on spoon wheels spoon hood spoon lip spoon everything spoon inspired uh but he had a fully balanced and blueprinted b16 motor uh with like a massive turbo and that thing 60 millimeter i think like on a b16 scared yeah. the shit out of me i'll tell you that right now <laughs> hmm. Um, I mean, you cannot even touch the dash in third gear in that car. Uh, Pacific Performance, I don't well, know if yeah. Steven at Pacific, yeah, he Steven built the motor. Him. He built the motor. Yeah, Stefan was, was not Stefan. Stefan was doing a lot of tuning, I think, over. But um, Christian, a friend of mine, Christian, used to run, I think he ran a, um Integra or something. I forget what it was. It was a red car. But he did a lot of Pacific stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that car was a beast. But um, but I got my S14 because, again, we really started watching a lot of drifting. And um, and my brother's like, yeah, screw this front-wheel drive car. So he yeah. ended up selling it. Funny and, story. Uh, before any of us had a uh, Nissan, yeah, 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 we were yeah. cruising in the Honda Civic mm-hmm. down on A1A. And I think Rafi's clutch. We are just driving normal. His mm-hmm. clutch just like the, fell the, apart. The cl- clutch oh. spring. Yeah. That's what oh, it was. So yeah. we were like stranded on the side of A1A mm. next to the Intracoastal. It was like summer day. Hot. Like, I don't even, I, thankfully, I think we had a cell phone by then. <laughs> but like, <laughs> Still, uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, we're waiting for a tow truck for hours. We're swimming in the Intracoastal. It's like the only way to cool off. And then we're just like standing by the car waiting and a Nissan S14 slowly drives by and the guy sticks his head out. He's like, shit about a Nissan. Oh, <laughs> and he keeps well, driving. And we're just like, 
It was a nice Zanke too. He's right. Yeah, he's right. It was like we couldn't say anything. It must have been like 2003 when that happened. Probably like 0203 somewhere around there. Yeah. Well, look at my brother. He looks like all like here. Turn the other camera on. Oh, you you run away. (laughs) He has like a suit on and stuff. He came from a business party. Um, What I was gonna say is we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and and I want to thank Smoke Daddy. Oh, okay. Smoke Daddy for for providing the. This is um, so shout out to uh, Savio Silva. Um, Salut. Is that what they say, right? Salut. And this is um, a Brazilian moonshine oh, kind of green stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good, it's good stuff. If you need, I have some lemonade. But thank oh, you, Spon- sponsored by Smoke Daddy. Cheers, right. cheers, cheers, guys. Right, you don't have to drink the whole thing in one shot if you don't want. But... <sighs> yeah, yeah, <right>? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'll start a car for yeah, sure. You guys got a lighter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He brought it in, so that was pretty good, right? I got a little bit more. No, I, I think uh, could smell it from here. Yeah, you can. This one's gonna kind of hit me a little bit. I had some possum before coming here, something to soak it up. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't. What's, What's the gums? What's hey, the gums? How you doing, man? Back like long time ago. Yeah, man, long time ago. You really want a beer? Okay, so how's your brother been? I don't get to see him that much anymore. Um, he's been good, man. He's good. He uh, he's up in Vancouver. Is he drifting um, at all? Is he trying to nah, get Nah, nah. He's just... I uh, see a lot of nice pictures. Well, I remember when he first moved up there, he ended up buying a right-hand drive Toyota Aristo. That was his daily that. for a little bit. It's a little easier uh, to get, though, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a lot easier to get. You know, actually, when I went and visited him back in 2016, there was like a corner lot from his house, a random used auto shop, and there was a couple like right-hand drive cars there. Like It was just so random to see. And it's like tucked away. Like If you don't know about these cars, you would have no idea that there's like these specialty cars just sitting in the mm-hmm. lot. But um, but no, he had to to uh, Aristo for a little bit until you know he met his girlfriend, which now is his wife, and she got pregnant. and Needed more of a family type car, and he ended up getting rid of it. But mm-hmm. um, he's doing good, man. He's living the life up there. You know, he just got a good job. Um, got two boys. Uh, he's either on the boat if it's mm-hmm. not snowing, or he's in the mountain mm-hmm. skiing when it is snowing. Nice, nice. Okay, so we kind of covered some of the history. Let's get into why you're here today well one of the reasons why one we just want to have you on just to talk and reminisce over mm-hmm. you know good old could, days i could do this all day yeah i know <laughs> and we, we day, can right? too um but we have some product here i don't know ben you have a camera can you they can see that or no uh i could adjust something okay adjust something adjust something or you maybe get the one from outside just bring it in maybe not i don't know yeah he's got one we're covering the car out there oh so we can okay, see the car yeah. oh okay so so while, while ben works on the camera angle tell us about what brought you because okay so you you got the car and now you're kind of getting back into the bug right because you took some time off family and getting yeah. getting you know family things pulls us away so what inspired your decision to move forward into starting to make a merchandise so basically you know sean and i we've had a friendship basically our entire lives, you know, yeah. longer mm-hmm. than we've been alive. We've been friends and uh, always arrow K has been a big part of that. Even when we separated, lived our own lives, it's always been about, you know, arrow K mm-hmm. it's always kind of been in the background right. of thought, you know, we've always still loved cars, Nissan specifically nineties, Japanese sports cars. And um, I got into like metal fabrication, welding, okay. things like that. So that was kind of my career direction. Sean, he's a banker mm-hmm. and you know, kind of we're at this point in our lives where we're kind of settled. We got our things figured out, but arrow K is always still there, you know? So we're like, what can we do? How can we reincorporate that? You know, how can we kind of bring this like 
idea back to life mm-hmm. and kind of in a business sense. Okay. So we just kind of combined our skills and, you know, with my experience with metal fabrication and forming things like that mm-hmm. and Sean's ideas with styles and business um, experience mm-hmm. right. and kind of the idea was like, let's start off kind of simple with like interior dress up, okay. you know, right. simple, nothing like too performance oriented, just more like make the interior look nice. Okay. And so basically, you know, the first stage shift knob, you know, it's metal okay. stylish. Yeah. It's an easy upgrade. Right. Um, so you, so you metal fabrication, I want, I want to stop you there for a second. So mm-hmm. what do you, are you weld or you do like custom? Yeah. Like I've been welding stuff, for about 20 years. Oh, okay. It actually started with working on cars, crashing okay. my S 14 and, you know, <laughs> yeah. taking the right, radiator right. support mm-hmm. off and yeah. welding something else on things mm-hmm. like that. But that kind of like turned into a passion and it was a like career the, after the that. Wild scientist at the shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm going to figure something out. It's going to work. <laughs> you made it work. Yeah. Right. You made it work. Okay. And then was that Night Monkey designed from, I don't remember that back then. Did you have that design back then? Yeah. It's original. Yeah. I always remember that is the biggest thing I remember. And the old English Night Monkeys is what I always remember. So Mm -hmm. originally, though, the the Night Monkey was the Monkeys on a Barrel silhouette. Okay. That, yes. So that was kind of where it started. And then I went to school for industrial design. So um, I was actually in one of my classrooms and I'm just kind of like doodling away and I ended up coming up with a kind of design like that, you know, with the keychains. And, um, and that's where literally it's actually on the shirt right here. Yeah. That's, you know, I sketched it out. Um, actually, I'm not going to lie. I had a kid in my, uh, in one of my classes, he was like a cartoon, um, okay. like, you know, he was really good at drawing like animated cartoons, things like that. I had the bare skin and bones that I drew, but he put in some of the fine details on right, it. Right, I got you. And he's like, dude, he goes, that's really cool, man. He goes, let me see it. I was like, yeah, sure. He took it. He's like, you mind? I was like, no, go for it. And he put some fine details. I was like, oh, damn. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah. really good. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know, and he put all the details in because I was more of a um, mechanical, you know, I like right. more, I'm more of a mechanical type designing, drawing, things like that. So, uh, you know, I wasn't really into like cartoonish stuff like mm-hmm. that, but he put in the details of it. And I was like, dude, that looks badass. And I said, hell yeah. So we ended up making the logo. Yeah. Good deal. Um, so then you're doing the shift. I don't know. If, I don't know. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. Almost. 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 Trying to get that camera down here. So, got the night monkeys. We're doing. Uh, I didn't want to go through all the, the stuff right now because I can't see it right now. Well, to kind of piggyback off what he said there while we're kind of waiting. Piggyback. So you know, like yeah, like you mentioned. I mean, we've been we've been we've been friends since the eighth grade. I mean, we've shared. The, we met because I had a Dupont magazine in my backpack, <laughs> and we saw. A Ferrari I probably had the same one at home. Three fifty five, and he goes, "Bro, I love that car." I said, "Me too," and we've been best friends ever since. You know, <laughs> so like you know. We've we both of us, you know, recently kind of went through something where it's like, you know, I feel like as close as we were brought us actually a little closer, and mm-hmm. we've always had that same passion for Arrow K, and we just never wanted that name to die off. Even though we literally took a 10, 11 year hiatus, I, I still that that name still carries. It's like the glue that held you guys together, literally, right? It's really what keeps mm-hmm. you guys together. And in yeah. our phones, we have a group chat of all the Arrow K dudes really? from. From my brother Dean, Phil, Chelsea, Jose, never answers. Ryan, <laughs> never and, answers. <laughs> uh, me and Jerome. So we we still continue like talk almost every every day, every not every day, I, I, but 
almost every other day. We still communicate through our group really? text messages. Yeah, just like Absolutely. BSing about cars, joking, yeah. making fun of each other, things like that. Yeah, like Chelsea yeah. sent a text today about uh, when him and Ryan went to the Caribbeans for a drift demo. Oh, yeah. They were just doing some rowdy like, stuff. Launching. Yeah, there, yeah. And he even put it in that video, which was funny, you know, mm-hmm. but that just shows, you know, it takes, you know, we've been doing this for a long time, but we're still a very, very close, close group, you know, like... The, the, the That's art. kind of the unique thing about Arrow K is that besides the fact that we all love cars so much, mm-hmm. we're all we're like best friends. We're like all very close besides the, the drifting aspect of it. If you could think of one memory that you could pick as your favorite yeah. memory of Arrow K as together. No, I can tell you this right now. Go ahead. Ocala. Ocala. Hell yeah. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> our, obviously yeah. it's shared. Yeah. Our drive to Ocala. Or even just the road trips in general back in the day. We're like, like there was one Ocala in particular. We all the cars were black, yeah, and we were like yeah, seven deep. Yeah, yeah, hell yeah, we rolled seven deep, and we were all kind there? of the whole everybody was there. It was it, it, everybody. It was uh, me, Jerome, Rafi, Jose, um, SMDG Phil, was also there. SMDG oh, okay. was there, yeah. yeah. But Phil, um, Yosef, remember Yosef back in the day? Yeah, his S thirteen. Um, I'm missing one more. Either way, we rolled massive cars deep, all black, all have the same Arrow K Night Monkeys, you know, and we were out of our jurisdiction. Yeah. So it was our first, like, impre- like you know, show to everybody outside of the Tri-County area, and everyone was just like, who the hell are these Night yes, Monkey guys? They show like, up, you know? like, seven cars deep. And yeah. the reason why we kind of chose Night Monkeys also, to go back to that, how can you forget that name? You can't. You cannot. No. So, like, <laughs> it, it's, like, stamped in you the moment you see it. Right. Like, these guys with all black cars called Night Monkeys, you know? I feel like nowadays, with everybody being so sensitive, I feel like I really hope people don't think. I mean, that's so politically correct, but no, but, it was great. But, yeah, you know, and, and that road trip going to Ocala. We all had two-way radios in the car, so we all <laughs> talked. Um, we were huge. None of the cars broke down. The best part about it is we were at the shop to almost 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, and then we would hit the road at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning wow. to drive down to Ocala. Yeah. So it was like in the Five middle of the hour, night, yeah. you know, like get there right, first thing four or five hours yeah. to the driver's meeting. Plus, we yeah. still made a couple of stops, you know. Right, like, right, right, right. And, you know. And we are a huge System of a Down fans. Like, when okay. we were working on our cars, getting ready for events, we were blasting System of a Down. Mm-hmm. So while listening to that, those, you know, System of Down and, and Gorillas, that was another Gorillas, yeah. group. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Gorillas, yeah. That whenever I listen to any of those two bands, Bruce, reminds Bruce. me of Golden Definitely, Golden yeah. And it was just the such an amazing weekend. Um, and you, that's... The do you remember which D-Day it was? I think it was two. The D-Day, second no, event. no. no. I think it was like D Day eight, seven or eight. Oh yeah, well it was our our second. Yeah, event. our second. Yeah. I think it was our second Ocala yeah. event. Yeah, it was um, seven or eight. Yeah, from what I can remember. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so that, that was a Eric very fun. Monkeys headed to Ocala. That was a very fun memory. Man. There's one other drift night that we had. It was okay. like a light drizzle, and there was like nine cars that were all running good. And we were like, <laughs> we were just drifting around this building. Oh, the warehouse? Yeah. Oh, my God. For we, hours. Yeah, we had a spot. I mean, we yeah. were lucky because one of our neighbors at our shop in Corporate Park, he knew a lot of the, the police department, you know? Oh, so, like, he knew, we give him a little heads up. Right. <laughs> he knew the cops that were patrolling the Corporate Park area, you know, at nights because only specific cars. Right. And so we were asking me, like, hey, listen, we want to have some fun. It was an abandoned building. So it's not like, you know, like, mm-hmm. obviously we'll take full responsibility if anything happens. Mm-hmm. So he would just call them up and they would give him the okay. So he goes, go ahead. And he goes, if we have to tell them to leave, they just have to leave. We're like, absolutely. No problem. So there was nights where SMDG was, was there yeah. also some nights. And we were like, 
There was one night in particular, Dude, it just I all just came together. I'm coming into the first turn, and there's six cars in front of me, sideways, angled, and I'm with them, and I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, this we is, don't this have is, to worry about cops. Right, right. We literally have the okay. Out. And there was times where they said, hey, you guys got to go. We're like, right. okay. And, and it was like away. super technical, slow speed, yeah. but it was just so much fun. <laughs> I mean, it's there was one area where you just snap it and you're just going full sideways straight at a wall. And, yeah. then, you like, <laughs> and then you snap it again and go so around good. the side. It was, but you're going slow enough where yeah. it's just right. like, just straight up like slow motion. And sometimes like, we take a hose and like spray it all down. <laughs> Absolutely. We get yeah. like a, we bought like a really long hose and we went from our shop building <laughs> to the next there building. There was like a little like ditch where it was like a little... A, like canal so there was a board that we would kind of like cross over and we would just connect the hose from there to there and we would just hose down the initiation <laughs> mm-hmm. so like we don't have to initiate fast make a right. lot of noise right you know so we just get into it and then as you're into it and back then we had 16s and shitty times right, yeah, exactly. yeah you know so like we would just slow motion drifting bro throughout the entire we, we removed like the parking spots we went and got crowbars and we moved the parking stumps like okay. aside but then we put them back yeah, we yeah. Well, we were, you know, yeah, you're about responsible. It. Responsible. Yeah. And we put them yeah. But we were moving out to give us more room to be able to extend out. Right. And and literally, there was nice where we were there for hours, bro, just drifting, having a blast. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Hmm. Not a care in the world. All right. So Ben has a camera ready. Let's uh, go ahead and show us what you got here. All right. Um. So our our signature lines right now are is our shift knobs. Um. We have matching horn buttons with it. But again, our pride and joy is when it comes to our shift knobs. And I cannot stress the quality of these knobs. Um. If you look at a lot of the aftermarket knobs right now, they all come with adapters. They all come with sleeves. Be able to fit them with different applications. Yes, I get it. It's convenient. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Your transmission gets high. Mm-hmm. Those adapters could th- uh, from the heat. Yeah. Get, there's glue could, inside. No, they're garbage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The sleeves could break. Um. These are direct. Th- thread to specific applications so it doesn't require any of that stuff okay. you know so it's threads right on so it, it's good for a lifetime literally probably lasts longer than your car um you know we have couple we have two different actual designs couple of different decal designs um you know we have our original og here uh because of the black the original mm-hmm. as you see on the shirts right. um i wanted to do something you know the blue really caught to me like my favorite is the blue to be honest with you because you know, when I look at it, it reminds me of like the Calsonic Skylines. Okay. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so we have the five speed. We also comes with a six speed, uh, the H pattern. It is mm-hmm. more towards the Japanese six speed. Right. Um, because of where reverse sits, mm-hmm. um, you know, but you do have the two designs with the H pattern. Then you have the brushed also decals also that comes with the five speed and six speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, a lot of ours are polished, but it does come in a brush finish as well like as you brush. see here. Um, the brush honestly has been the biggest hit to be honest with you. Absolutely. I love the polish to me. It's just a classic design Mm -hmm. on the polish. Um, but the brush has been more of a popular hit, Hmm. but we're trying to show off, like, you know, really bring back old Jap, like nineties design, Mm -hmm. but affordable. If you look at, you know, old school Momo knobs, old school Nismo knobs, which is kind of what these designs are after. Mm -hmm. They're selling for so much money, man. Mm. And the funny part is, I don't want to say names, but somebody bought a Aeroke shift knob to replace their Nismo one because Nismo ones, they cost a lot of money. Right. It's the original Nismo. Right. You know what? It's sleeved. So when really? you want to go take it off to put ours on, it broke. It's literally falling apart. Literally fell apart. Wow. So now he can't use that shift knob. Huh. So, you know, that's where I, 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 that's why I want people to know that these, you're not going to have any of those issues. It's just a simple design, gives that old period correct design simple, simple, at an affordable price, man. Right. You know, and, and you know, we're, we're, 
very happy with what it came out. I mean, the, the, there's a good weight to it. It's not too light. It's not too heavy. Um, and then we also have the matching horn buttons where, mm-hmm. obviously, you could have it complement yeah. whichever decal that you design to get. Um, the horn buttons fit most steering wheels. Uh, some has to be modified based right. on the type of steering wheel. Um, but, you know, it's something I like to complement together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we sell other stuff. We have our apparel. We have the Night Monkey shirt. And one of us should have wore it. Uh, we have some keychains, air fresheners. Obviously, if you buy a good amount of gear with us, uh, we're going to throw some of those in for mm-hmm. for, for yeah. you know, our customers mm-hmm. um, just as a thank you. Um, but yeah, like we just want to get the brand out, show people that, again, these are quality designs, quality products uh, that, again, it's that that old school like design mm-hmm. that I feel like you can't find now. It's kind of hard unless you're looking for an old school Japanese shift right. knob that are selling for like. 250 bucks. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I was actually going through the drive-thru at a Starbucks today, and the girl was like, oh, I like that air freshener. Oh, like yeah? The, yeah, she, I was like, oh, oh, nice. I, I, was nice. like oh man, I wish I had, like, I was like, oh, check out Arcade. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> she knew nothing about cars, really, but she was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, she liked it, yeah. Well, one thing I actually regret. I went, I no, she liked the car. I made a whole yeah, bunch the of these. I should have put Arrow Case somewhere on here, oh. but, you know, it's got to help. <laughs> well, we live and we learn. Exactly, exactly. So, but, um, but you're going to run a special for the weekend because for the show, right? 100%. So what is a special? So we're giving 20% off on all of our Shift Not products, um, so all the way till the end of day Sunday. Okay. So 20% off the price right now through the website, which is arrowkdesigns.com. Um, obviously, again, we're always wanting to give out some free stuff. I got some decals, throw in an air freshener. I have an arrow okay vinyl. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll throw in, obviously. We have the shirts also, which are kind of discounted as well mm-hmm. uh, for 20 bucks for the shirt. Um, but we have two designs on the shirt as well. Code word, Drift, drift sessions. sessions. Yep. Okay. Code word is Drift Sessions. Runs all the way to... Uh, end of day uh, Sunday and the 20% is off all the shift knobs tight work that's sweet okay so now we're going to transition a little bit into drifting today I want to get your so when's the last drift event you've been to was it the uh, fuel fest yes okay yes the one where I was uh, when I got in the car with Chelsea so yeah yeah. yes so was it fuel fest no 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 no, 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 no. no. I'm sorry I'm sorry yes that was the last time we saw each other yes right um Last drift that I went to, uh, it was Clean Culture actually, which was at was um, South Fair. Same place. Yes, okay. And um, and, and yeah, I didn't even know what was happening. Chelsea called me up. He goes, "Hey man, you know I'm I'm in town." Well, actually, right. he put in the group message, "Hey, I'm in town. You guys should come out. We should, you know, definitely get some laps in this and this." Um, I replied back to him, be like, "Hell yeah, I'm yeah. in." You know, I was actually um. Just by myself that night, you know, I gave my son to, to his grandma as babysitter. I said, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna go down mm-hmm. there," and I'm so happy I did, man. Like, yeah. I was literally riding along Chelsea the entire time, and like I said earlier, the level yeah. of driving of the sky. Oh man, yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's, it's insane. It's insane. But that was the last drift event I've been to. I think the last one was Fuel Fest for you. Fuel right? Fest for yeah. me, yeah. 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 So yeah, how we was together? Mm-hmm. How was that? Get like how many years before that was it since you'd been to a drift event? It's been a few years for me, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I would still watch it online, right. watch FD, of course, supporting Chelsea, but mm-hmm. haven't been to an event in a while. Well, well, what What is your opinion in regards to the progression of the sport? Right. Because uh, there was... I'm impressed. I, I really love it. Right. Yeah. Because there was a time where it was promising, it was up and coming, you know, this is back when, you know, 2007, mm-hmm. and so we're sort of kind of like uh, trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. And then it just got to a point where like, oh, this is just a fad. You know, this is just, it'll go away, it'll fizzle up. But then all of a sudden it has regained some sort of resurgence. But Definitely. from your uh, point of view, what has the drifting, the sport, the progression of it, what have you witnessed? Uh, I would say just 
throughout the years of trial and error that all the drifters now are kind of benefiting from that, where it's not so much experimenting, but going straight into what works mm-hmm. and maybe getting inspired by better drivers. I, I see young drivers just oh, yeah. kind of entering at a much higher level than mm-hmm. kind of where, especially for us, where we started, where there wasn't so much an example to follow where we're right. just kind of figuring it out on your own. Yeah. Now you see younger guys driving at a level, mm-hmm. you know, that FD guys are basically driving at just yeah. because they're, they see that skill. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, there's more our, our, you know, we didn't see those. Types yeah. Of I mean, we were watching we like watch toge videos, videos you know, yeah, eight, eight, six you know, going Grand uphill Turismo, and things Grand like Turismo, that. Turismo, 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 yeah. Grand Turismo too. That's where, uh, you know, we got our practice from, mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent with Jerome. I mean, the, just where the sport has gone is just incredible with even technology wise, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, me nowadays, you know, I, I was, you know, I was always, I was pretty good on hands-on on cars, but I wasn't technical at all, right. you know? So like, you know, that's why I like this. My S14 was set up pretty simple, reliable. Cause I want to, I didn't want to have to work on right, it all this right. time. I want to get have in fun. the car and drive. That's right. it. You know, so now it's just like with the technology and the the engineering putting these cars, I'm just like, holy crap. Like I would mm-hmm. have to literally hire somebody to yeah. do build for me. Right. You know, there's no way I could keep up with any of this stuff. Um, but just the, the skill level and you could see in every driver, um it's just progressed and one thing though that i that i'm happy to see nowadays because i feel like the style of drifting has changed okay. yes absolutely yeah. it has changed yes. am i fond of it <laughs> the driving <laughs> makes now the driving makes up for it straight right. up people are more skilled than they are now but the style has changed but yes. what makes me happy to see is final bout yes Okay, with the about team, gives you the old yes. With the team, it gives you that grassroots grass like, yeah. style where, yeah. you know, one thing, and again, I'm not, uh, people might bash me for That's this, fine. but the thing about FD, the skill is there, okay? Not crazy about the style, the skill is there, but they push so much power mm-hmm. where you barely see the car following them. They're lost in smoke, yeah. which that's where the skill comes in because you got to have a lot of skill Navigate. to be able to follow right. in a thousand horsepower car as close as possible. But from a spectator, it's so hard for me to see the in sync of drifting, which is what I fell in love with when mm, I first started watching. Okay, I got you. Where, mm. you know, back in the day, yeah, four or five hundred. Yeah, they're still dumping smoke. But when they're tandeming, you saw like that. I don't know, like the that choreography. Yeah, the choreography. Yeah. That's exactly. a great word. Yeah. Perfect like, word for like, it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and and me coming from an art background, like that's why, like I always like wanted to make my. That's why I made that statement back in the day that you said right. that you know the presentation, like your your style of your car showed the driver, and then your driving showed, you know, like just the in sync you had with your car. I guess like the uniqueness you had. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I feel like that's a little lost right now. Like even D one Japan, I feel like because it's just mm-hmm. ridiculous now. Yeah, um, ripped up, a lot of smoke, right? Yeah. And it just it hides the whole definition of drifting and tandeming to me. Hmm. You know, that's just that's just my. Opinion. I get it, but I love it. Right. Yeah, you love it. Yeah, Listen, so you like it? Better? I love the new style. Oh, you love yeah. the new style. Okay, yeah, definitely. I, I'm actually, I'm actually more of the shots. I, mm-hmm. I kind of agree with them. I mean, I like it's cool to watch, but. You got a great point. Becomes very redundant. Well, so I was watching every once in a while. There's there's a video and, and it's on YouTube, and it's like relaxing music, and it's just all final about all that track where they're just going. Know you know what I'm talking about, about right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I literally <laughs> just sit there and watch it, and I'm like, it's just so yeah. pleasant to watch. 
right? Because they're just mm-hmm. all they're all switching all at the same yeah. time. Yeah. There's not much smoke, right? The cars don't seem like that. All slam, very stylistic. I enjoy watching that, even though there's no competition aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very. Yeah. It's like the pure essence of drifting. The grassroots of drifting. And I also think also because this that's where we grew up in. Okay. Within the sport. Yeah, I guess. That's what we got used to seeing. You know, like sometimes you like that nostalgia, you know, which yeah, like I said, the sport has progressed. I'm happy it's progressing. The skill Mm. level is insane. I never ever thought in my life being being a big drifter, like drifting fan, that drifting would evolve to twelve hundred horsepower cars. Yeah, it's insane. Not once in my life, like on yeah. average, like not even yeah. like one it, or two. It, like, exactly. Yeah. No, every car is pushing over a thousand horsepower. You have seven, eight hundred horsepower, which is still a lot. You know, you would think that when you, I don't, know, me growing up, when I heard six hundred horsepower, I would think of a McLaren F1, a Ferrari F50, (laughs) you know, or like a drag car, you know what I'm saying? Like a funny car. I never thought a freaking... Yeah, it never seemed necessary for a drift car. Right, it was like overkill. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, again, where my opinion's at. Again, I I think skill level has progressed and I'm happy with that progression, but my personal opinion is just, I just like the old grassroots style Mm because it just brings more of that originality of drifting. Yeah. Um, And... Yeah, that's just yeah. I agree with that. Grip, 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 grip. grip. Everybody looks like they're driving monster trucks, right? right? They're all jacked up because they want the squat and the soft suspension. But again, from a technology and engineering standpoint, it works. Well, that's why they have to. I'm a little biased, but Chelsea kind of brings all that together. He does. Yeah, hundred percent. No one's got his style on the track. No, no, no. That's one thing he brings, and that's what you know. That's the thing with with um, Chelsea is that he's exciting to watch. Mm In the BMW, he's always exciting to watch. You knew he was going to always put out all out on the line, right? Yeah. He was going to go all the way. You knew if you're battling, you had your hands full. You could only hope he broke or he did something, right. you know, mm-hmm. to screw himself up or something like that because he goes way too hard That's sometimes, yeah. right? But it has put him in a position where he has solidified himself as a unique individual and mm-hmm. not just how he drives, but his character. His yep. driving makes that Mustang look incredible. Exactly. You yeah. know? And yes. that's where, again, comes to my point where back in the day is your presence had a huge key. Yeah, you have to have to have skill in driving straight up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you have the skill, show it off with your car. Mm-hmm. Right. Because that car is going to look 100 times better with your skill driving it than anything else. You know, yep. like then just... Uh, that, that, was, that was why I had so much of a, you know... Um, focus on Mm -hmm. the styling as well is because you know what i want to be a better driver but also you know what i want my car to look fantastic while yes driver yeah like my plan for this car is is not to have it jacked up and try to super grip it up i want to try to keep as low as possible because i love that and we got it we got i don't know you know spen spen he did um chelsea's delivery in the um Uh, e46 was e46 or e36 no it was e46 e46 was kind of like a graffiti style yeah, was, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. the graffiti side, but yeah. I don't think so. He's I, a friend, he's a friend of mine in design. He's he come up with livery. So, me and Paul are going to do a, a drift sessions livery on the cars. Nice, and nice. we want to capture that that old school Japanese style oh, of yeah. drifting and, and be that way and be nice and low and, and capture that because yeah. we like that, you yeah. know. And that I think we need to recapture that. And I, and I, I would like to see, I would actually like to see that to be a whole separate John. division Category. genre yeah. of drifting yeah. where okay, yeah. you have the gripped up guys. Um, and then you have this stylistic, mm-hmm. you know, kind of crew where it's not so much about high horsepower, but more about fluidity throughout the track and that dance that you yeah. that you love so much. And like I've said this for a while too, and we've talked about it, where it's like you have to have your different levels of drifting too to really make the sport, 
you know, like just really cater to everybody, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, in Japan, you had D1, you had D1 Street Legal, you mm -hmm. had MSC, you had a lot of different variations of different venues and events where it really catered to the level of drifting you want to be at. You want to be a high speed pro high horsepower drifting, you're going to try to compete for D1. You know, you want to have more of that, that fairness where each car had has to have the factory engine. That's mm -hmm. where D1 Street Legal came in. So you don't have to do these crazy swaps and get all these crazy power to try Try to have that advantage mm -hmm. over other people, you know, and then you had MSC, which is your amateur grassroots right. drivers that went in and just drove balls to the wall. I loved watching D1 Street Legal and MSC mm -hmm. because it was just more of that amateur level, which, again, it catered to everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, if I wanted to compete right now. If my only option is what well, I mean, you have clutch kickers, but, you know, I, I, I support Taxi Garage, Ryan and Nick mm -hmm. and. Yeah. and, and Seeing the competition cars, it's like not a chance. Yeah. Yeah. Two right there, right. like what, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, you know? some, some serious and the BMW pushing eight nine hundred horsepower. Like what? The, what is yeah. this? But then you also have Chelsea and his Fox Body Mustang yeah. too. Yes, of course, so, <laughs> you know that's what that's the beauty of clutch kickers is trying to be that series that just opens its doors to run what you brung, and that's and, awesome to hear. And, and the drivers, even the guys that have low horsepower, G thirty five sedans with nitrous. Yeah, G thirty five with uh, uh, eight hundred horsepower. Yeah, yeah. it's Dirk still there. Stratton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Dirk Stratton, so it's the opportunities there mm -hmm. to provide those drivers to throw down with the best of the best, right? Um, so it's clutch kickers. I think has definitely been a place to to have that op that just provide the uh, venue or have you or just the event that allows that collaboration of all these different drivers. But to your point, I would like to see. Different classes, yeah. different genres that you said, right? Mm -hmm. Different. Okay, this is going to be, you know, low horsepower cars, and it's going to be about style and low, and let's see how they go, and let's see how yeah. they dance together. Straight up, yeah. I think that would just bring a whole nother level to to drifting and to the community because now you know you have your more of your amateur drivers that want to get on a competition level because it's fun to compete. You don't want to you want to test your skill levels. You want to drive with other skilled drivers, but within that that range of where your skill is at. Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like if there is more drift events like that, um, you know, I, I feel like it would be good for the sport. Yeah. Um, just to have that more of that exposure and cater to to more of the community. Yeah. As drifting's going right now, where do you think you see drifting in 10 years? I mean, I've always said it. I mean, I, I wish to be like NASCAR yeah. level, you know, mm -hmm. like as big as it possibly can. Because I think drifting is the coolest motorsport out there. Right. Um, you know, I and I really hope it gets to that level. I really mm. do. What about you, Jerome? It's tough to say. Um, I think there's something unique about drifting where if you're not into it, it can kind of get a little boring when you're watching it, to mm -hmm. be honest. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the way it's progressed over the last 20 years, I think the only direction is going to go is more professional and more organized and you know more popular yeah. throughout the world we've definitely talked about this before where yeah. it needs to be something needs to change into it to get a wider audience yeah like well, i can't wait to watch an fd event and i'll watch every second of it but there's some moments where i'm like man this you're losing yeah audience yeah. in these certain moments especially if you're there i feel like it's a different feeling because you're around a big crowd the atmosphere so like when you sometimes you just have to you wait way too yeah. long in between mm -hmm. runs or whatever the case is, but when you're watching it, it, it I agree with you. It almost needs to be like pre-recorded and edited, right? Like, you know? like the D one videos we used yeah. to watch. But we talked about this. I think maybe the last uh, FD event that there was. But imagine if like you have to race to see who has the, who has the first initiation. 
And whoever gets to that first initiation, then the person has to follow. And then you have to pass. Because listen, every form of racing is whoever finishes first. Yes. Right. Every form of Mm -hmm. racing. So how about you have to race to the initiation line, okay? And whoever makes that race enters, and the person following has to try to pass and try to make first place. And that's the person that wins. Hmm. You have a little bit of a longer track to right. allow it. Right. You don't have your... Plus a you longer track allow, makes those higher horsepower guys drop down the power because they have to make their tires last. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that would kind of bring... It would be cool. It'd be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be dangerous. It'd be dangerous. Just you know, car but, um, setups might change. Yeah. But, you know, imagine the excitement that might bring. I know I'm, people are probably like, no, this guy's crazy, you know? No, like, we, but, talk, we talked about like how, it kind of, how you watch monster trucks. Where Monsters Truck went from an actual race yes. to a freestyle event, really. Mm-hmm. Something has to happen in that where, like, Monster Trucks really wasn't getting much views, but now you fill stadiums full of Monster Trucks yeah. because of the way it is. Something has to happen for drifting. Yeah. Because we could barely fill Freedom Factory, but then uh, Florida F2K came in. It was insane, yeah. To watch drag racing. Yeah, insane. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people, no problem. Mm-hmm. And it's just to watch and, and spend hours in between it's just, runs. It's difficult. Because remember, there's also people that like, you know, there's friendly betting. There is betting, you know, like they want to say he's going to win. He's going to win. But now it's judge. So there's always going to be biasness. Right. Yeah. Always because of a judged event. Um, so if they try to change something up where it's more of like, you know. If they can get the judges out of the I event. Think so. You think that would increase think the excitement? So, yeah. Well, because, like Nate Hamilton came up with that idea about like an endurance drifting almost like the red bull challenge mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something yeah, like, like you rack up, points. Yeah. rack up points so it's not a judge can be out there and you, you get like how fast you can do your pit and change your tires but then you go right back out there and keep on doing points it's like hot lap at the whole entire track and whoever whoever's the last wins type deal yeah but that takes the, you know it's not tandem anymore at that now it's just a one person at a time no, right but there. it's got to change into something. something has to change yeah because it's not a race like like um, i'm saying it's not a race it's not finite right you can't you don't have a definite winner it's always subjective right so, yeah. so it's, it's going to lead to confusion for the right. people that are watching yeah. there are mm-hmm. some events where i was completely i disagree with the calls yeah i disagree yeah you know then you come and think be like okay is there favoritism is there biasness like you know uh, i i hope not because that that would be horrible for the sport but like it's just mm-hmm. because of the judging of the sport is you know i, I feel like it, it's going to be difficult and i hope i'm wrong but it's going to be difficult to really get where a lot of these other mainstream motorsports are. Mm-hmm. Um, I say go balls to the wall. Whoever enters first, back person behind him, has <laughs> to pass, pass them and pass the finish line. So you're saying the future <laughs> of drifting has to, in order for it to progress and increase, we have to eliminate the judges, which I think most judges would be happy with. Because judging is a miserable, miserable position. It yeah. sucks. Of course. So interesting. I don't have a problem with I, it. No, I don't have a problem with it either because it makes it easy for the audience. They don't have to figure out what are the judges looking at? What are they looking at? Okay, we know, for your instance, okay, the guy that makes it to the line first, he's going to initiate. And if he initiates and he gets he gets an elite position, that chase driver's got to pass him or he loses. Yeah. yeah it's like, it's clean cut. One run and done. Straight you know? up. So you have to straight up. Clips or something. Yeah, well, yeah, it has to be long enough. Course, That's why I said make yeah. the course longer. Yeah. So yeah. instead of just two or three clips, so it's like seven or eight. So, so there's opportunities. Like, like, hit, hit a clip, hit it, and knock it out. 
to be considered like you did that area. Well, I see what you're saying. Like, 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 uh, like some things that markers. So it's not really a judge thing, but as long as you hit that, I mean, listen, there's, there's still a line you would have to follow on the track. Okay. But again, being a more of a longer technical track, you'll have more opportunities to try to pass the other guy. Yeah. You know, now if you have an opportunity, you have that much skill to be able to pass from the outside Mm -hmm. and get in, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, the level of skill these drivers have, I feel like it can be done, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, I don't know. It's just, again, who the hell am I? I'm just a guy <laughs> that's trying to sell shift knobs that has a bone stock KS13. No, you're not you're not like, just a guy. You've been around the scene for freaking ever. I understand. <laughs> you know, but I'm just I like gotcha. I, that would just bring like so much more to, in my opinion, people on the edge of their seat. You know, people really like re- rooting for I want that guy to win. Like he's mm-hmm. going to win, you know, given the odds or whatever the case is. It just brings it will bring more excitement from a different level, you know, from from a spectator, from mm-hmm. a from a viewer, and I think that would make it. Because listen, people that want to watch stuff on TV, they again NASCAR. I'm sure a lot of them watch it for the crashes, right? You know, and I'm hoping it never. You know, drifting is like I don't want nobody to crash. I want to right. see some skilled competition, but it's exciting. But it's exciting and yeah. it brings the viewers it, it brings the, yeah. the venues the attention the sponsors and that's where it's going to be televised like formula one indy 500 mm-hmm. whatever road course racing that i randomly see where it's just like why aren't they showing drifting you right. know but also the thing with drifting is look there are so many different levels of other motorsports there's really just one level of drifting that's you know, you have pro 2 and then you yeah. have ft you know, mm-hmm. where it's like they're both just live streamed on the same day. Mm. And then we got to wait for months or weeks right. for another event. It's just just one venue. Right. That's why if there was multiple venues and being televised more than just, again, one event every couple of months, more people will keep up. More people will follow. They would know more mm-hmm. of the drivers, right. you know. It's just right now also, unfortunately, everything is social media based. Yes. I, I think that's taken a huge hit away from being televised like how mm-hmm. other mainstream motorsports are. Yeah. Well, one thing I will tell you is that we got to go to OSW. Have you been to OSW lately? Oh, not lately. Not lately. lately. It it, it has OSW, and I really got to give a shout out to Tommy. Tommy's the one who runs it because his focus is on the drivers. It's 50 bucks to do a a drift. It's like, it's insane. Now they only take cash, which you got to remember that. If you ever go, bring cash, (laughs) right? They don't take, but he focuses on keeping that old school vibe, right? I want to make it affordable. I, want, I, don't, I don't want to have people have to struggle to try to do a practice mm-hmm. day or an event. And it has proven to be a like just a great formula because what the the scene in OSW is insane. How many drivers do they have on Black Friday? Uh, as far as I recall, they had uh, 135 drivers registered. That is insane. 135 wow. people registered for drift event. I mean, that's insane. How many laps do these people get? They get a good amount. I mean, yeah. people now most people break, right? You got, you got the people that break, people that run on tires, and it's a three day event. Okay, okay. So okay. it's three days, right? right? So split with two up, tracks. Right. With two tracks. Okay. So you can go okay. on the oval and you can go on, on the, the skid pad. pad, right? So it's yeah. just like and people camp out at the track. It's like yeah, the Black Friday like, was a great, sounds great like event. Fun weekend, actually. Yeah, it sounds it great. It was it was a good time. We only I only, we only got to enjoy it for a little bit because we basically drove up to do the live stream and then we drove back. But um, Tommy's doing an amazing job. It really, it really is. I mean, that that's that's great crazy to hear. Drivers they get. It was insane, and the level of driving. Yeah, I mean, Ben. I mean, you were talking earlier. Like these guys are just pushing it. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that was kind of 
They've always told us about how crazy it gets in the competition that they have, the King of OSW, and they do it like twice a year for mm-hmm. their uh, two or their major events. And you gotta got you kind of got a sense of it with the way how it quickly got sold out the event when they put up the pre registration. It was like in minutes, and they had to actually open up some more mm-hmm. spots. Wow! And they, I mean, they spoke about just how fun it is over the weekend because people camp out, they have a good time, and at the same time, they kept mentioning what well, Tommy kept mentioning to us about the King of OSW competition, how like heated it gets now. For us, it was sort of a mystery because there wasn't much information, much media out there uh, in regards to it. We did see some clips about it, but we're like, okay, we kind of went in kind of like with low expectations. We're thinking like, okay, well, can't be, you know, that crazy. But the level of skill, the level of driving really blew us away. Yes. With the way how they were just on it with one another. The mm-hmm. fact that they would have contact they wouldn't flop. They will still go at yeah. it. And thus the transitions and the way how they were just like on it with the proximity game was just crazy. It was just yeah. absolutely, yeah. you know, just crazy to see and yeah. witness it firsthand. It was great. It was definitely an exciting event. And um, one thing I, I noticed is there's a lot of room on the track, right? So, yeah, the guys are trying to hit the clips. But then you see this. So you see the guys that want to attack early. And then set themselves up for that first attack. Attack that first turn great on the door, but then don't set themselves up for the rest of the course. And you see the lead guy pull away, mm-hmm. right? So you, we saw a lot of that, and I think right. that ended up being the difference in a lot of the judges' calls, right? And and it, it plays towards the experience of some of the drivers mm-hmm. where they kind of know, like, okay, well, this is what I got to do to kind of like keep up with them, or this is what I got to sacrifice in order to actually just be in line with this individual, but. There were just other moments where you could just see that they're kind of starting out. But I think it sort of ties into what we've been sort of um, highlighting many times in regards to the Clutch series, where these drivers are sort of taking advantage of the opportunity to go up against these higher skill, higher level uh, yeah. drivers and vehicles to be able to obtain that experience because the we never really had that kind of experience before and i think jerome you know made yeah, mention I mean, to how we're kind of like figuring things out in our it, beginning days tandem wasn't even that common you know it was right, a lot of right. mostly single runs yeah, you and you needed a cage back yeah. then to tandem mm-hmm. i feel like there's a lot of events now where they're just like yeah, yeah, if okay. you have that skill you don't need a they cage. can improve you right, right? like this guy's right, consistent right. he can take yeah. it but I, I think the argument in regards to the whole tandem is that and, and again, it's an argument, or right? Yeah. With the safety enhancements, with the newer anything, vehicles, yeah, anything newer than a certain amount of years, they uh, they love tandem without a cage. Yeah, it's gotcha. the older car, like two forties and whatnot. But mm. even with the cage, we saw recently those two eighty six Corollas. That one driver that was in a lead, he had a cage. Then you saw the accident that we saw. We we talked about. Oh, you're talking about oh the two eight six Corollas. Did you see about? Did you see that? Oh, that's right. I'd have to. I'd have to pull it up. Not yeah, you mention it. Wow. Pull it up. So, yeah. what well, we fi- s- final about though? Like most of those don't have cages when they're tandeming. It's a slower course, okay. right? I guess if that's and the I case, think they right. approve. I think they do an approval process based on the driver. Yeah, based but, on the but driver. The thing is though, no, they they have team competitions. That's one of the biggest that's things. Right. Yeah, that's, that's what makes it fun. You know, right. Could be popular too. Is instead of uh, like a competition, you have like teams, teams, yeah, which yeah. they kind of do about, yeah. like right. a show, right? 
right? And make that more what drifting is. Which I feel like MSC holds a lot of the team competitions in Japan. So that's something that they incorporate in. And it is exciting to watch yeah. because, you know, you have the team drivers that, again, it's cool to see all the cars together. Same color, same, style, same, same color, same everything. And it just makes it way more exciting to watch that because now you're 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 judging more on a team competition instead of a competition towards each other. I think that could be judged on the audience. So I think how much right. it really yeah. Is Absolutely. Absolutely. Whoever the audience wants, I feel like this should win because that's who really made it impact the audience. That's yeah. where I think drifting really needs to go. Unless they can figure out some way to make it like a race, they need to go to how does the audience make the decision? Yeah. Or how's the audience just happy that they're watching it? You know? Right. Because right, right now, they don't know. American Idol. I'll go in and text. Yeah, there you go. Text. That's, yeah, you just te- text uh, 341. Yeah, yeah. It was bad. It was oh, bad. yeah. Is, is this on the... Um, yeah. Oh, so this is on... This this happened. Now, before you know anything about this, because this is the first time seeing this, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What do you think was the problem with this? Like, okay, looking at... Like, how did it happen? Like, how did it happen? I think, I mean, they're tandeming. Obviously, the gold, that's gold, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. The gold car leading, white car following. I think, I mean, the way how they crash, though, it's kind of weird. So, because you would figure, because I f- would think the white car, it the gold car spun and the white car went straight into right. the door. Yeah. Right. But, unless, man, unless Jerome, if they, Jerome. yeah, that's what I'm going to say. The gold car almost spun and then kind of just stalled out. Okay. So, how do you think, how far apart do you think they were? I mean, in order to get that damage, pretty far apart. Pretty far, yeah. But at the same time, though, if you're that far apart, how do you not be able to kind of avoid it? Exactly. So this comes, this is, and this is why I bring this up. I don't know them. I don't know their skill level. So this is not a diss on their level of drifting. But something was going on there, and somebody should have been told no. Right? Because, like you said, if he was far enough ahead of him to get that much, to get that much momentum to impact the side of his car. Somebody wasn't. Somebody's not doing it right. I mean, the white car maybe straightened out and locked up, and but they're you figure they're both similar chassis, right? So they're got to be doing about the same speed yeah. down the straightway. So this is the thing that Cage doesn't mean automatic approval. I think that's really where I'm going with this because you see some guys will pull up, and we've seen it before. They pull up to the track with the cage, and like, oh, put me in tandem class. I got a cage. My car passes tech. Yeah, but uh, there right. needs to be that approval, mm-hmm. and I just don't know what was going on here because. Clearly, if, like you said, they were close enough, even if there were two cars apart, there's no way he should have impacted that so much that 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 gold car had a cage and literally cut the width of the driver's section seat area in half. Like, you could see the roll bar, roll cage, like, in the middle of where the seat should be. Damn. Yeah, that guy got banged up. Well, let's hope he's all right, man. I mean, that's the number one thing. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it looked like that white Corolla locked up and went straight into him. But like he had to be way back there, had mm-hmm. to be in order to be able to get. I mean, that much from my own. Something it, it could have malfunctioned too. Maybe bra- wow. brakes malfunctioned. You never know because like that's a be. hard impact. That man. is a very hard impact. You know that that's equivalent to like a car running headfirst into a wall. That's like a T bone through an intersection, right? right. Yeah, right. With the cage, that car had a. Now I don't know. We don't know how well the cage was done either, right? So mm-hmm. who knows? Because right. even okay. so. Uh, old AE86 chassis. Yeah, it's not right. going to hold a cage yeah. in place yeah. too yeah. well. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, so that that was a pretty serious accident. That wasn't yeah. too long. It was like this month or last month. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Where was this? Evergreen. Evergreen. Mm-hmm. That's a fast track. Yeah. That's Seattle, right? Yeah. Seattle. Right? Yeah. yeah. So. Damn. Yeah, yeah. That's a bank. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. it's pretty serious. It's a big, it's a big fast track, and yeah, it, uh, it's a bad. I mean, for real, the white crow looks like it has some like drag slicks in the back yeah. of the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, my point with this is because we're talking about like the requirements for drifting and how we see cars without cages. And a lot of times you don't see any problem. Nobody has a problem, right? Yeah. I mean, there was times we let cars without cages tandem yeah. quite a few yeah. times. Oh, absolutely. Quite a few times. But you also made that judgment based on right. the driver's skill level. Exactly. Right. Exactly. One person in particular I should never approve with was John Bauer. But um, we'll talk about that some other time. They got to hit me. Because he crashed into <laughs> he, Yeah, he crashed into me head first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing. Tim was sitting there. It wasn't parked yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was parked. But, yeah, I, yeah. but the guy that was behind me went around me. That's a wholeness. I'm sorry. A little bitter still. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, what about have you guys got on the drift sims yet? Uh, simulators? No, I mean we've not talked really, about no. it, but all of these kids do it now. Like all these kids getting into drifting, that's how they're getting so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on these simulators. Yeah, I mean, that's listen, a good point. I'm horrible with computers, so I wouldn't even know how to set one up. Yeah, well, he's got one. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I, will, I will love to. I will love to just. Play yeah, you're be like, this isn't realistic. This sucks. Like, you know, spin. <laughs> it's spin factory. Spin factory. Yeah, but it's it's uh, it's it's not like drifting. But what it does teach you is the the motions, right? So it teaches mm-hmm. you how to counter muscle memory. Yeah, it basically yeah. gives you the muscle memory. So all these kids need to like, oh, I know what to do here. So they they just know what yeah. to do now. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not exact it's not exactly like drifting mm-hmm. but it, it's uh, it's enough yeah ben. Uh, I got some comments in the chat uh, courtesy of Mr Brian Sturman who writes that crash was at my home ta- home track oh, yeah. Evergreen they allowed just single door bars which is what the Corolla had I believe they are changing their rules now white car went across Street Ace Bank and spun out gold car came through smoke a little bit behind and creamed him. So. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, you mean other way around? So no. So the, the white, white car, car spun, spun, and a, then the gold car went probably straight into him. Wow, that's wow. confusing. By the way, you see him in the picture. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, oh, okay, I could, I could kind of see it happen. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for that clarification, Brian. He's a fellow E30 enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, but still, they must have been traveling at some speed, though. That's wild. Yeah, Had to be. Hmm. You never thought that the white car was one that spun out. <laughs> no, the right. gold car is one that hit him. Hmm. Booking it though. Anyhow, so you want to? Um, do you have any footage from Black Friday? You want to transition to? Well, the next I actually, oh, to go. I wanted to actually highlight another blast oh, from wow. the past. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, look at that! <laughs> oh man! So what? What can? What can you tell us about this photo, hmm. Sean? Ah oh, man! Nice race, Jerome. Maybe you were part of this too. Uh, I was in the back background for sure, helping the team get ready, keeping the cars running. Was that? Was that Moroso? Yeah, that was Moroso, right? I think. I think it was. Uh, Look at Jason. Was, it was Auntie too. I know, right? Yeah, Auntie. So uh, yeah. in this that's photo Will. from Will? Yeah, yeah, that's Will. Yeah, yeah. So in this photo from left to right, we have Auntie. Rest then we have Sean. Yeah, rest in peace, Auntie. Man, uh, Mr. Harry Tarbola. Uh, Jason Giovanni in the middle. Then you have Will Barnett and your brother yes. uh, Rafi. And at the far end to the right, Mr. Jeremy Lowe. I think this is a demo that yeah. Tech probably like Harry probably brought us to. Look at Auntie uh, in his in his in his overall. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. such a wannabe moonshiner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Harry, was, I mean, Harry was a big mentor for us because oh my gosh. Yes. He made sure he included us in almost every event or venue he was able to get. Yeah. Um he actually had I got invited two years in a row, which was probably 
my best experience of my life in drifting for the Indy 500 in St. Petersburg. Oh, oh right, yeah. A drifting demo. I mean, they shut down the streets of St. Petersburg downtown, mm-hmm. and that was a racetrack. And I literally drifted in front of like 250,000 people. It was one of the coolest and best experiences of my life. Both years, I put my car on the wall, but hopefully it was not. It, <laughs> hopefully it wasn't anything serious where right. I just banged it out and just went back on the track. Um, but I mean, because there was no no um, runoffs at all, right? Yeah. So it's like your walls, right? Walls you're either and trying, tires. right? It's just walls and tires, and you had no room for mistakes. But that's what made it so fun and so mm. technical. And um, and Harry got me the opportunity to be able to do that two years in a row, man. And one That's of the good. years also, Chelsea was able to join me. Aaron Lucy, hmm. um, Jason Giovanni was was with me both years as well. Uh, it, it was just such an amazing weekend. It was just three days of drifting on the streets hmm. of St. Petersburg. Wasn't it also Travis Deems and uh, Sultan Haju? Yeah, yeah. Zoltan Zoltan, was yeah, there. Right, yeah, yeah, Sultan was there. Um, who was the first person you said? The Travis Deems, I think. Oh, I forget. Yeah, yeah. He had that maroon hatch, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Is that RB powered? Yeah. yeah, he was there the first year, I believe. First year he was there. Okay. Um, Eric Mall was there. Ah, Eric, Eric Mall yeah. was there. Yeah. Barefoot Drifter. Um, yep, mm-hmm. yep. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember because uh, also, remember Octane TV was it Blake Fuller? Yeah, right. Fuller? Yeah, so yeah. He was the one that partnered and teamed up with Harry to do demos for Indy 500. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, Harry was like, you need to be as professional as possible. You're going to be in front of a bunch of, you know, you know um media coverage Mm -hmm. speed vision so many like you know espn like Mm. he goes you're gonna be a lot of big company goes we need because drifting was still new very so like he's like this is what's gonna make drifting get off the map because so many people watch the indy 500 and again i hate to kind of call him out but we're in the driver's meeting he shows up late and shows up barefooted (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there he yeah. looks at him like what the hell man i just told you be as professional <laughs> as possible right. while we're on our race suits right. you know all like all legit. this stuff <laughs> and he shows up late like not even in his race suit but it was we got a laugh out of it but hmm. um but yeah when he said barefoot it kind of reminded me of that <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> uh Darrell, i wanted to ask yeah. you have you done i mean i know you've have a handle on fabrication and, mm-hmm. and fixing uh, these parts, but uh, spotting. Did you partake in any of that, or was it just fabrication? Oh yeah, like pit crew for the teams, right? Absolutely, yeah. 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 Anytime there's a competition or qualifications, things like that, we are always in the background, keeping the cars running smooth. So, in regards mm-hmm. to spotting, like, what would you focus on? Just trying to get information from the. Like try to focus on what the other drivers are doing to give your team the advantage. Well, in that regards, I didn't do so much spotting, but more of just focus on the engines and chassis mm-hmm. and keeping everything ready to go. Like crew chief kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So did you, guys, did you utilize, utilize a spotter back then? No, no. We, really. were, we were yeah. each our own spotters. We were like our own spotters. We would kind of give each other any help, or any criticism we needed. Um, we would also focus on the other drivers. We would see what they were doing. I had a little bit of experience spotting because I know Ryan, I forgot which event he was um, running, but um, I ended up going to a couple of events with him and he was driving. My car was down at the moment and I would help him out because I would actually pay attention to see what other good drivers are doing, how they're entering, where they're letting off the gas, where they're getting on the grass. So like, you know, you have to, uh, 
grasp yeah, gas. Gotcha. Um, so you have to like pay attention to those certain things and just try to have your teammate mimic that, mm. um, you know, to make sure they're on the right line, they're doing the right thing. Because uh, you learn from other drivers, yes. you know. Like I always said, I was a better driver myself when I drove with better drivers. Yes. Obviously, you have to have the skill level, mm-hmm. you know. But that is one thing. Like if I drove with Jeremy Lowe, um, Juan Hanau, mm-hmm. uh, those are all fantastic drivers. I mean, there's more drivers out there. Those just two that pop in mind, or Harry. Mm-hmm. I saw myself being a better driver, especially when I came to following them, um, you know, because that's where I wanted to shine the most is when I was following because mm-hmm. anybody could do a lead run. Lead run is almost like a solo run. Just focus on the track, focus mm-hmm. on your your apexes, the line of the track, and you're going to and if you're a good driver, you're going to make it through it. You know, obviously the pressure in the back, but right. that's where the follow driver shines. And that's where I really wanted to put that main emphasis mm-hmm. on my driving. And that's where me and Ryan, we would always somewhat compete with each other because, you know, our, our, I feel like our driving level, um, our, not the level, but like our style was very similar. And mm-hmm. we'd always like to compete on how we can get close to one another whenever we did any demos or competitions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was always my thing. And I always try to help spot to, you know, make sure we're mimicking the other drivers because that's mm-hmm. what's going to allow you to be able to re- be right on their door. So mm-hmm. that was like a little bit of my spotting experience when I used to go to Ryan at his competitions to try to help him out with his driving. Jerome, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Oh, uh, obviously you had a handle on all of the, the cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I'm saying who no, broke no, the cars the most. Oh, no, who did he have trying. to work yeah, on? The uh, whose vehicle did he have to work on the most? Oh man, you want more? Who can no, I say? No, no, no. Well, I mean, yeah. me for one, my car was always breaking I'll have a little bit with you, but um, I would say probably Raffi was a little, little wild, <laughs> yeah. He he kind of had like a wild, loose style where <laughs> yeah. he would he would kind of use the entire track and every bit of his gas pedal so <laughs> his car was always coming back limping more than anybody else oh boy yeah 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 i would say that rafi yeah. just had no care in the world he yeah. just go balls to the wall straight on the track yeah but again that's what made him the good driver you know mm-hmm. it's like everyone yeah when it all came together yeah. he had some really impressive runs yeah. everyone had their own style man mm-hmm. you know it's like but i i miss just being on the track with everyone at the same time like those were like the golden days yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, tim I, I think I agree with you when it talks about when you're talking about driving with better drivers. I grew more in skill level when I did that one season of SWD and I didn't even do a full complete season. Mm-hmm. But having to learn a track quickly is something that pushes you as a driver. And I forget who was it. I think it was um, Officer Dan was saying when you go to compete, you have to be at the point. I don't know, it was, maybe it was Pat. Was he a Pat or Officer Dan? I think it was officer dan but he said you have to be able to link the course on your first run the second run you have to be able to be on the clips and the third run you just got to be figuring it out he goes that's where you need to be at a level and then when we talked to osbo one of the things that osbo when we mentioned the drift simulators the, the sim rigs is that he said if you're going to utilize a sim rig to better yourself he's like you can't just get on the sim rig and just do the track a thousand Good times yeah. spend hours on it he goes, you got to he, what he does, he trains himself to go out there and he'll do five laps and he'll get off because you have to be able to learn a track quickly. And that was something that not that I was learning a track quickly by any means, not that I was doing phenomenal, but even as poorly I was, as I was doing, I found that when I would go to like a local event, like I was freaking killing it. 
Like it just it stepped my game up. And and mm. we know when you're doing competition, you don't get near the runs you do in a practice, but forcing you to learn a track quickly and and adapt quickly, it just what it does for your skill level yeah. is just tremendous. Also when you're if you're an amateur and you have the opportunity to follow a professional who yes. who knows how to take the clipping points yes. and stay on throttle at certain points. And, you're, and if you're following, you're basically mimicking what they're mm. doing. So you pick up on all those things that'll get you through the track the yeah. best way. Case in point on that yeah. is this is a shout out to Ryan, uh, Ryan Kaufman. We were at Sebring. Uh, Sebring and we're doing, they, we, they did the turn 16. I think it is in the back, correct? Uh, I think so. Same thing as turn 16. Mm. They, they did a different layout. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I was having trouble finding the line. I said, Ryan, you know, I go, I'm having, you know, with the initiation, I get after the initiation, I'm fine. He's like, follow me. And I, bro, I swear it was like, he just took my hand and he just took me through the course. And I was like, it was just like, oh my gosh. I already picture Ryan doing that. Yeah. He's like, like, follow me. I'll show you the line. And I was like, I got off that run and he let me follow him like two or three more times after that. I'm like, and after that, I was Mm -hmm. good. Right. One thing I always did when I'm driving a brand new track is my first one, which is good to warm up the tires as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just drove the track. Just I did not even drift. I just drove the track to really feel, you know, the turns, the width of the track, how long the turns are. Thank you. And, and just really just drive it normally. Then my I don't second have the patience. I never ever <laughs> ever oh, had the patience. That's just right. And then <laughs> my second it. run is I would push the car a little bit, like try to race through it, right. but then it would allow me to kick the rear end out to really get a feel for the speed of it. And then my third one is when I would just go in. And you know, that's patience. I, and, I don't yeah, have that patience. I never had the patience. I say it. Yeah. No, I say it. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna drive through it. But most of those tracks that I never drove are were competition days. Yes, right. So it's that's completely different, you know. So if we went to County Line or we went to mm. Homestead right. or uh, Moroso PBIR mm. or even um Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that. You know, well, I just right. did a burnout to warm up my tires and I would go straight in. Right. Mm-hmm. But if it's a competition day and it's a brand new track, I'm going to learn the track because I'm not going to go out right. there and wreck my car the first run. Mm-hmm. I want to know that I'm learning the track. Mm-hmm. I know my entry speed, you know, mm-hmm. and I would eventually, you know, you get practice runs, eventually become faster and faster and know the clipping points, the, your, you know, when you got to let go of the gas, give it more gas, uh, be where you have to be. And that allowed me to learn the track. So mm-hmm. that was always my tactics when it came to driving a new track most work like competition events hmm. all right it's funny you mentioned that because that's one of the things that i would try to emphasize whenever i would sit down with somebody to try to show them around the track is that don't go crazy you have this sort of i guess many people had this misconception of like uh, oh like i need to go like 110 percent like right off the bat and then oftentimes they would just find themselves into trouble. So I would just tell them like, look, like even me just getting into their cars, I would tell them like, just drive the track and then little by little, like push yourself, grip right. it. Right. right. And then increase yourself. Yep. And then the point is that I was trying to do by saying that is to try to get a feel for not only the track surface and the grip levels on the track surface, but most importantly, the grip level of your tires as well. Yep. Find that breaking point so that way you have a reference to build mm-hmm. up off of. Mm-hmm. And then once you get that reference, then you kind of work your way from it. And then you start to build yourself because it's a matter of figuring out not only as yourself as a driver, where your limits are, but it's also as uh, your vehicle, mm-hmm. what the limits are in the vehicle as well. Because if you don't, then you're not going to be comfortable with trying to go 
uh, 80 miles per hour into a tight, uh, you know, left-hand turn. So I just think that many people sort of didn't get that message. And I think they just, you would just see them go out. And I mean, there were many instances where on the first run, they would go and total the car. Yeah. One thing to kind of piggyback also off what you said is know your car. Right. Right. Like a lot of no people limits. do this massive builds where, you know, fortunately for me, like I daily drove my car. Mm-hmm. So I knew my car's limit like nothing. Like I still don't know that car's limit. And granted, it's a stock KA. Mm-hmm. So like the PowerPoint, like the car goes nowhere. It's actually completely slow. But not <laughs> only that, I've never put the car on a track for me to know the limits of the car. Mm-hmm. The right. most I've slid that car was on rainy days. You know, if I'm sliding, you know, taking a turn or whatnot, right, right, sideways or whatever the case is. But I still don't know the full limits of that car. Mm-hmm. My S14, I knew that car like the back of my own hand. You know, mm-hmm. like I knew the full limits of it, which helped me become a better driver because I knew when I had to let go of the gas. I knew when I had to tap on the brakes. I knew at what speed my tires would break loose and mm-hmm. what I had to do. So that's another important thing that I feel like you have to literally know the limits of your car to test your own limits. And then you're going to, you know, skill yourself or advance your skills more by really getting out of that comfort zone of the limits that you're already comfortable with. Does that make sense? No, mm-hmm. absolutely. And that's one of the things that another thing that I would just try to tell them that and to add to what you're saying is that any modification that you do, you got to relearn it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, absolutely. it's it's it comes down to not only the uh, engine modification, suspension modification, all of that. All of that, you know, plays into a factor of uh figuring things out because for all we know, you're hurting yourself more ways than one. Perhaps that the change that you make to your tire going for a different brand or a different threadwear pattern, you don't re- even realize that, oh, you could go with that much faster or this much angle. Mm-hmm. But you don't know until unless you go through the whole relearning process and try to actually just become a better driver mm-hmm. by going through that learning experience. Yeah. And oftentimes we would just see people, they become stagnant. And they would just get frustrated, and they wouldn't necessarily know, like, okay, well, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. Got to be the- some of my linemen. And off. perfect yeah. example for that, I remember we had a competition in Ocala when we first got sponsored by BMPC. Yeah, I went into this event like so confident. Now, <laughs> I they they I had power steering for the first time <laughs> when I put an SR. So when I first put an SR, and I remember we did that event in Orlando in like the convention center, mm-hmm. um, and I drove that event with no power steering. So like the whole weekend, I got used to my SR. My first time was some type of power mm-hmm. with no power steering. We uh, g- quick yeah. question: uh, power steering rack with no power steering, or a rack with like no power steering at all? So I know I had a rack. I just it was didn't a have power I steering rack, but just now the power. I didn't have the pump. Right. So, because okay. I just did the SR swap on there, so that's a little worse. I was, I was yeah, it wasn't yeah. designed to no, go without. It, it was, yeah. it was difficult. So, like yeah. at slow speeds, it was horrible. At, at least at high speeds, it was more easier mm-hmm. to rotate. Mm-hmm. So, but that was my first event in Orlando with power, but no power steering. So then, you know, we had a little bit of a downtime, and we get sponsored by BMPC. It was a performance shop out of Davie, Florida. Mm-hmm. They helped us out tremendously when it came to a lot of stuff, and they spruced up the car. They did new intercooler piping, put their larger intercooler on there, uh, put power steering on there. Um, they get, a, get got us tires, um, which I was used to use tires that right. I was getting, yeah, yeah. you know. So, like, I went into Ocala so confident, and it was one of the worst drivings of my life. Oh, really? wow. I did horrible, yeah. you know, because I, I, I never learned my new setup. Right. I never got mm. the opportunity to learn it. I just went in there and drove 
on what I thought I knew how to drive. So I agree with you 100% where every time you do a modification, something's different, you're almost relearning that car over again because you have to get used to that modification. You know, mm. so I agree with you 100% on that. Mm. I mean, look, we could all be nerds. Look at Initial D, <laughs> Takumi. Oh, you know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. again, he drove that mountain for how long until he learned the full, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. um, so by the time everybody saw him, he had been driving for years. Exactly. Yeah, right. You know, uh, from the story, what he's been driving since like saying, eight, yeah, eight some, years yeah, old or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But obviously he progressed because he knew the limits of the car. And then when his dad put the, what, the newer engine in the oh, car, yeah, yeah, yeah. he right. had to change the right. suspension. He's like, right. oh, right. I can go in. Exactly. There's more under yeah. there. So he had yeah. to relearn the car. I mean, it's, it's. But even there, it was piece by piece. You right. Know? It's a gradual right. progression. Yeah. yeah. So hmm. that's where a lot of sort of drifting nerds could kind of relate. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'm also thinking back to some people that would just uh, go crazy on the power. They put like an SR swap mm-hmm. and, you know, the wall to diff, all that, or two way, mm-hmm. and wouldn't upgrade the brakes. <laughs> right you know so they would just find themselves and i'm like what are you doing or the suspension and you see like the stock s14 suspension with the body roll and yeah. i'm just like oh, yeah, okay yeah. there's a the, problem there yeah right yeah that's yeah. crazy yeah um one other thing i asked um wanting to know so you're sort of getting back in the game with the arrowcade designs and i think with what we witness with uh taxi garage where they were kind of like in a similar state where they sort of took a hiatus mm-hmm. but then yeah. eventually they kind of like came back and they started to kind of driving again do you guys foresee yourselves doing that i mean i'm not saying there's a timeline but mm-hmm. do you kind of foresee uh, yeah, a I future that, where yeah i think the idea is yeah. is there it's been to get back on the track to continue drifting in our lives life now today. i don't know yeah. if competition probably not yeah, but yeah. Right. just for fun you know final bout style just go out there to have a good time i would say yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. i'm i'm giving myself maybe two years maybe 2024 mm-hmm. um to maybe have a car to just have fun at yeah so i'm giving myself some time. mid horsepower you know just yeah. reliable mm-hmm. um yeah I, i've actually been talking to chelsea a lot and um you know we, we came up with a certain number and he said give me that number and i'll make sure i Build to a reliable drift car. I just want a car I gotta just hop in, change oil, change tires, and have fun. <laughs> competition, I don't think we get into competition. No. Somewhere where you go to local events, obviously Arrow K will be on the car. You know, have hopefully by that time we'll have more of our parts. You know, we're hoping next year we can get uh steering wheels. So we want to be able to design our mm. own steering wheels. Um even and a seats. lot of exactly even seats. Uh that might be a little further down, but most of our designs are gonna be like your your period correct 90s early 2000s parts um so we're hoping by next year we'll have some uh, arrow case steering wheels designed we want to focus on interior at first and then Mm -hmm. sky's right let's see see where we go yeah Uh, but in in two years two to three years i I see ourselves um getting into a car uh even something we could share just go to events and just go crazy nice to see too oh yeah right you know i'll do one lap Swap gets in, does the other lap. Swap and just have fun, man. I like to see a two car trailer pull up with both you guys on there. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. (laughs) In the future, you know, you never know. Listen, drifting has been a burning passion in us since the beginning. Mm -hmm. So you know, I want my son to to see what his dad used to do and see what he can still do. You know, and Jerome has a daughter as well. I'm sure he feels the same way. And I don't think drifting will ever ever die in in you know ourselves. So at one point, I think we'll do it again. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we just don't know what that time frame is. Yeah, right. Yeah. And and I think it's important for you guys in a business sense because 
you want to be able to showcase your product. Mm-hmm. You want sure. to be able to go out to potentially your spon- uh, uh, customers mm-hmm. and not only show like, hey, look, like not only do we, you know, b- build these products and, you know, offer them for sale, but I also, I guess, track tested, you know, yeah, and yeah. all that stuff. I yeah. mean, because how often... I remember there were like shift knobs that would just like slide off because people would just be too aggressive with like right. this, you know, shifting yeah, gears. That That's mm-hmm. because the sleeves are the adapters, yeah, right. you know, that, especially yeah. the sleeves. I had a Nismo shift knob that that happened to. Yeah. You know, it's a Nismo shift knob. Right. You know, and, and it just come right off, you know, from the heat, from the, especially in Florida, mm-hmm. transmission heat and all that stuff. Um, you know, that's again where you won't have any of these problems with our shift knobs. And we want to, and I feel like Arrowcade Designs, like we want to cater more towards style. Like, yeah, I mean, these are just simple performance, you know, like mm. with the shift knob's not going to make you a better driver. No. It's not going to make your car even right, faster. Right, right, right. But we just want that style. You know, to me, a style has always been like mm-hmm. a huge key factor oh, yeah. of Arrow K. You know, it was all about style, you know, and, and we want to kind of start bringing that back to life, you mm. know, and, and if hopefully by the time we're ready to drive, we have some more products. Um, hopefully, you know, I, I've always loved the aerodynamics, you know, mm-hmm. uh, side of the car. You never know, you right. know, uh, right. you know, something like that we can get involved in in the future and, mm-hmm. and show off that style. But again, we just want to go out there and show, listen, this is Arrowcade. This is what we used to do. Uh, we still love it. We still do it. And we have some cool products mm-hmm. that you guys could, you know, affordable, cool products that you guys can make your cars look good. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, Tim? Um, no, I mean, I agree with it. Um, but I was going to say, do you, do you want to talk about the, because I told them we we're going to kind of maybe talk about the event we went to last uh, we, we, it was last week or no? It was two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, yeah from the King of uh, King of Ostom. I almost said King County Line because that's what I'm used to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good times, <laughs> almost man. Good did. Times. Yeah, we were good times. Yeah, right. But the King of OSW and um, well, it's funny you mentioned that because like when Steve-O, well, you guys introduced the uh, the show, you were like, yeah, you know, I used to do, we used to be a part of the King of uh, County Line. Mm-hmm. And we sort of had that experience, you right. know, just highlighting that. So I, th- I thought that was a nice touch that you added to that. Yeah, yeah. It was a good time. I got – so we do the announcing for Clutch Kickers. Um, we actually got the chance. They flew us out, and we did the announcing for Hollyfest. I had no idea you guys did the announcing for Clutch Kickers. Oh, you really? Did? really? I had no idea. Yeah. Wait, Wait what? I, I know you guys covered it, but I don't know you guys did the actual – Yeah, we're the announcers for the last no two and a half years. Yeah. yeah. Really? You didn't know? No, I oh, know yeah. you guys did the well, live show coverage for it. But I mean the live stream announcing, yeah. I mean, I know you gotta pay to watch it. Right? Uh, well now this year, last last oh, two last years you year didn't know. Well, I never got involved in clutch gears because yeah. I didn't know anybody that drove it. Yeah, I got you. Now the fact that I have Ryan and you know Nick with Taxi right. Garage, right. you know, obviously yeah. like I want to show Some them support, effect, yeah. so I'm a little bit more involved in clutch kickers. Yeah. Um but I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. So well, a qu- quick question. What, I feel what, like an ass, but it's all right. No, no, that's all right. <laughs> Trust me, that's, I do that all the time. <laughs> well, what, what are your thoughts on the series? Like, from your perspective? I, I mean, it's I'm great. Curious. It's exciting. Yeah. 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 I'm happy they're doing it. It's kind of, like, lower level, but I feel like the track is amazing, and, you know, the prize money and all that makes it all worth it and keeps it very competitive. What's cool about it is it's at the same track, so it builds a home for the series mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know so okay. i think that's really cool about it and, yeah. and the track is big enough where they could have different setups okay so it still makes each driver feel confident towards that track because right familiar 
Right, it's still going to give you some type of familiar, like familiarities. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, um, because even though it's a different layout, it's still the same track. You know, you, sometimes when you go to a new track, you get like some of those like butterflies. Because like oh, I've never div- driven this track, but mm-hmm. again, being the same track, you, you, each co- each driver could carry that confidence throughout mm-hmm. the entire series, and yeah. and the track itself could create a home for the series, which I feel like is like really cool. That's yeah. one thing that I like about it. Yeah, well, and that's one thing about clutch kickers. If you the the seasons prior. It was at the same track, but not only was it the same track, it was the same layout. Oh, really? So, yeah, yeah, it was the same layout. So it was getting to the point where these guys were so dialed mm-hmm. in. They were so dialed in. It was insane. Like yeah. somebody that came out to run a clutch kickers for the first time really had an uphill battle. Yeah. Because it was just same clips for and the most Alan part. Conadale was so tuned in. So yeah. tuned into that track. So was uh, Taylor Hole. Taylor Hole, too, yeah. Yeah, these guys were just in their cars are monsters, right? Yeah. But so honed in. What was good about the Freedom Factory, not sure if that's what's going to be next year. Unfortunately, they had to cancel that no, the that. last round, and, and it really was a shame. Um, so next year, there's a lot of question marks up in the air. What's going to happen with Clutch Kickers next year? But I know one thing that was I thought it was great is, like you said, it's the same venue, right? So same venue, but you could change the layout. So at least the same venue, it gives that. Yeah, it's the same you track conditions. You don't have the guys yeah. that are so dialed in on these layouts. You could right. change it up. So I thought that was great. Um, we don't know what your next year is going to bring. Yeah. We don't I know. Was, what I thought was interesting is that, you know, it's a lot of grassroots drivers, right, in there. But you had uh, Rad Dan, and he does he does pretty well in form of the drift, right? Yeah. He was, I didn't think he'd get, he didn't get very far. No. You know, that just goes to show how good those drivers are there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, uh, what's his name? Uh, Connor O'Sullivan. Connor O'Sullivan. He is a monster. This guy's he's a, he's only been driving for two years, mm, just yeah. barely two years, and the kids, wow. barely, yeah, beast. Yeah, he's just an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what you notice cool. too is that a lot of these. Not sorry to cut you off, but a lot of these drivers nowadays. Back when I think we were starting out, a lot of the guys came over from like skateboarding. If you talk to most people, oh, I skateboard. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, maybe they they some, type, BMX, some type freestyle. of extreme sport. Some type of they extreme some sport. Some type of extreme sport. It seems like a lot of the guys, at least the guys that are really sticking out, come from motocross. And we talked to Alec Hunterdale, and one of the things that he brought, and I thought it was a great point, he's like, well, he goes, skateboarding, you know, it's it's kind of dangerous, right, for the most part. Motocross, a whole nother level. I mean, they're freaking, they're jumping these jumps, going three, yeah. four stories up in the air, throwing their bodies on these motorcycles. Now they make the transition. A lot of times they're making the transition because the body can't take it anymore. Of course. So now you put them in a cage car, they're freaking fearless. Exactly. Yeah. So that yeah. leaves, it, you remove that fear. That's my, my biggest problems was fear. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want to crash a car. Yeah. One, I don't want to hurt myself. Two, I don't want to fix my car. <laughs> right, so it's like that fear yeah. is hard to get yeah. over. I always had that mentality. Any any new event or any drift event, really, I said to myself, "It's like, shot, you might crash your car today." You have to have that thought. You do. You have to. You know, like because you can't expect to be in motorsports and not wreck your car. And I love my car, and that was my biggest mm-hmm. fear is mm-hmm. wrecking my car. Yeah, <laughs> but I had to put it in my brain where it's like, shot, you might wreck your car today, and you have to accept it. Mm-hmm. You know, and once you ex- accept that. I feel like it will make you a better driver because yes. you're putting that small fear behind you because you have to accept that fear that is bound to happen. Just like asking a girl out, you might get rejected. Be okay <laughs> with that rejection and move on to the next. You crash. Hopefully it's not a horrible crash. Fix it. Get back out there. You know, you have to have that level of consistency and that confidence, but I also need to know that shit, it might happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I feel like, you know, a lot of drivers should try to get into that mentality to kind of 
put that fear aside. A lot of new drivers, maybe, mm-hmm, uh, right. to put that fear behind them that, yeah. you know, it comes with the sport. I play hockey, and I never did any extreme sport. My mm-hmm. extreme sport was hockey. Hockey's pretty dangerous. And I still play. Sometimes my body doesn't like it, you uh-huh. know, yeah. but, you know, I ex- I expect that. I was like, all right, I might play today, and I might be feeling it tomorrow, Yeah, you know? Um, <laughs> but whenever I had any event, I always gave that expectation, like, yo, you might crash your car today. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I had nothing major. You know, they're all small little... You know, hits here and there. Gravel pit. Right. right. Gravel pit, exactly. (laughs) But that wasn't Um, much damage. It was in a gravel pit, so. Yeah, no, no. I mean, my car, my rear end was sticking in the air because I went pretty deep in there. Um, Nom, nom, nom. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, I was eating gravel. Uh, And there was a slow motion picture. I think you might have captured the picture. Uh, I'd have to look it up. But there was literally a slow motion picture of me, like, going into the gravel. is actually pretty cool. Hmm, That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did want to add to something that you mentioned is that I remember watching a movie by um, actor uh, Eric Bana and Australian guy that he talked about building his uh, childhood uh, car that he was able to find or actually, no, he still had it, but he built it to race. Mm-hmm. And it was an interesting journey that he went through to kind of get it back together. And you could tell the love and the passion that he had for it. And it just so happens that there was this Australian race and he just ends up crashing it. It pretty much totals it. And the big lesson that he got from it is that don't race a car that you love because in doing so, you could potentially more than likely than not limit yourself. Mm -hmm. And it makes a lot of sense because you don't want any sort of restrictions or any sort of fears to hold you back. Right. From being able to drive at the absolute limit and doing so thinking about like, oh, uh, am I going to break this or am I going to crash this is really got to hold you back yeah. from being able to um, obtain, the, you know, your true potential. Mm-hmm. So it could be it, dangerous, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Second guessing your moves and, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Right. And, and it, it, you know, talking about this now it reminds me back with uh, those two Corollas that we saw. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't I mean. You have to be passionate about those vehicles to be driving those vehicles. Yes. In yeah. this day and age. Yeah. And the fact that you, I mean, you see that they didn't have cages, right? Just one to confirm, did, yeah. one, one of them did. did. Yeah. Yeah. So to see that they're still doing it, and I mean, it's good, but at the same time, you kind of have to sort of face the facts. Yeah. Yeah, just and like this, I always said, you have to accept it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still want to be one with your car, you know? Like, you still have to have that that relationship with yes. your car. As as us guys, you know, we mm-hmm. had that special right. bond with our car. But, like, I agree. Like, this car, I don't think I'll ever take this car on the track. I wouldn't I mean, want you to. Th- th- I wouldn't want either. To find another car in this condition, it's going to be hard for me. So, it's like, right. you know, unless, God forbid, knock on wood, somebody hits me, mm-hmm. okay, hope that never this happens. Is Florida. All right. Mm-hmm. Then I'd be like, all right, you know what? I'm fucking throwing some quarter. Sorry for my language. Yeah, I'm putting good. some quarter panels on the car. And now I'm taking it to track and beating the crap out of it because somebody already hit me, right, you know, right. but like now I, you know, yeah, you don't want to drift the car you love, but you also want to really have that relationship with your car where again, you know, it's full potential and that's, what's going to make you that better driver. You know? Hmm. All right. Uh, one, one individual that uh, reminds me of this is Bill Sherman. Remember him? Oh yeah. Yeah. So Bill Sherman, huge to- Toyota guy. Like Toyota just mm-hmm. you know flowed through his veins, but you would just see him driving a Nissan. Yeah, he yeah. competed professionally with a right. Nissan. Yeah, and his thought process behind it is that 
I want to drive a car that I don't care about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so just to see him do that. And I was just like, man, that's, that's, that's a great point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, just talking about this now, just sort of, you know, threw me back to well, that. Well, that throws a lot of pressure off you, you yes. know, like, well, that's why, again, you have, you know, a lot of the professional drivers are always exceeding their skill limits because at the end of the day, these are cars that it's not their cars. They, right. it gets built for them. All they got to do is drive. So it relieves that pressure. That's it. Press, yeah. That's it. Right. I mean, they have the pressure of driving and winning, obviously. Yes. You know, they have to make sponsors happy. But at the end of the day, this is, you know, yes. There's it, freedom in that. Exactly. You know, they put a big pitch in, you know, building the car, I'm sure, with their design. You know, they, they get really involved. But at the end of the day, like, they know if, God forbid, if they crash, they have a big team behind them to put it together. Compared to an amateur driver, they crash, their day's done. Reminds me of right. they're done. Uh, you know? uh, well, I think it was Formula Drift last year or something where Chelsea was in the pits and she's like, Oh, what's going on? He's like, Yeah, they changed out the rear end in five minutes. Yeah. The whole subframe. Like, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, what? Yeah. They changed out the yeah, it changed, like, yeah, they got the print done and they're gonna change, swap out the subframe. We'll be back out there in a yeah. couple minutes. Yeah. Where like, if what? it's an admin driver, we're out on the hot you yeah, know, yeah, pits, yeah, yeah. you know, with no tent or nothing yeah. underneath trying to pull a subframe out with our minimal tools. They're trying to you find know, it. That's going to take 14 hours. I can't find it. Exactly. I can't find it. Yeah. You know, so like as the amateur drivers, like, you know, you have that pressure of that where it's like, crap, if I crash or if I break something, like how long am I going to be out for? I just invested all this money to make it to this event. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's so many variables, you know, compared to when you're saying driving a car you don't care about. But at the same time, it all depends on the event as well. You know, if right. you're just driving a car you don't care about on a skid pad, I mean, at this point, yes, you're right. gonna. It's a different level of driving right. compared mm-hmm. to yeah. as an event, especially being backed by an entire team where your main focus is driving, and you know, you have the skill set of a team that's going to be able to change a rear end mm-hmm. in five minutes. Where Insane. if I change a rear end. Bobby, take me a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. okay. well, what are you talking about? You got Jerome on your side. Yeah, right? Half a day. Half a day. Half a day. <laughs> there we go. You know, so, I mean, there's so many variables in that, but I agree with it also. Yeah, but it also reminds me of uh, Chelsea's journey with, like, the E36 and the struggles mm. that he yeah, went through. he went through a lot And I remember of how it was just tough for him, and he had to make a lot of sacrifices to get to these events. And mind you, he wasn't... You know, driving and you know half ass or anything like that, and no. like he was really pushing himself. Yeah. I mean, you remember um, him? I think it was Tyler McCurry, uh in Homestead. Oh yeah, yeah. He well, just he caught air, yep. and yeah. um, his hit in uh, against Daigo yeah. at Palm Beach, mm-hmm. or yeah. when his car caught on fire in Homestead. Also, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. There's that picture of him running back to get the hat. From the car, because he dropped the hat while you see the car is engulfed in flames. Right. There's a picture of him like running back, like that's his lucky hat to go grab it. <laughs> um, but he was a privateer, you know? Right, like, exactly. That's the thing about Chelsea. Between all of us that drove together, Chelsea dropped everything to follow the sport. Mm-hmm. He left friends, left girlfriends, left family, and he went where the sport was growing up, was blowing up. And he did so well strategizing because he knew that's what he wanted to do. And he did every what all of us were dreaming of doing, being mm. professional drivers. He did what he needed to do to get out there. Made the sacrifice. Exactly. Yep. And then when he was driving the E36 or E46, 
he was a privateer. I mean, he has some sponsors, yeah. right. but when his car broke down, he was in that engine bay under that car yeah. turning oh, yeah. wrenches. You know, he had a, he had a video video series at the time. I remember, um, I think it was say howdy get rowdy yeah. a video yep. series, and yep. he would talk about how um, after an event that he sustained you know significant damage, you will see like the whole process of him trying to get the car back together again for the next event. Yep. Mm-hmm. So and. But just going back to to that, it's just just seeing him for, go from the E36 to the E46, and then the RX8. Yeah, I remember the RX8. Yeah, you saw Ber- a change in the yeah, driving. Bergenholz, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You saw the change in the driving. Yeah, and you could kind of see you could kind of see the true Chelsea yep. of what he was capable. Right. Yeah, of. Yeah, it took a lot of weight off or of pressure off yeah. of him to where he, he could just focus on driving. So, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is focus on driving, and then now you see him with the RTR team. Forget it. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. Like it's just like straight up, like he's the most ex- exciting driver to watch. <laughs> right. yeah. I mean, where was that event where he hit 110 miles per hour? I mean, straight up, like he Utah, said, I think? Utah, 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 Utah. Yeah. He literally said, yeah. he goes, "I have no choice. What other choice do I have? I need to hit top speed. I need not top speed, but I need to hit this um, initiation as fast as I can." And he hit 110 miles per hour. He was the fastest entry speed of the day. Because mm-hmm. the only way I'll be able to showcase my skills mm-hmm. and be able to have top the rest and yeah. is I need to go as fast as I can. I am not going to let go of the gas until I hit that initiated speed. He had <laughs> 110 miles per hour. And we know that because we had this conversation after the event. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's, that's wild. Just, that's just his mentality when it comes to driving. That's why, again, being biased, I mean, Chelsea's our boy, but like. He truly brings excitement. And there's other drivers also right. that do. Mm-hmm. It's not only him, but that's what makes me want to continue watching FD is the watching drivers like that. Mm. Is that excitement? Because people want to be at the edge of their seat. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like when you watch any type of sport, you know, I'm a big hockey fan. Mm. So when I'm watching hockey and it's an overtime and next goal wins, yeah. you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. You know, like yeah. And when they score, you're screaming. You're you're yeah. uh, you're uh, hopefully it's your team that won. Right. right. But you know, the viewers want to be at the edge of their seat, yeah, you know, anticipation, and, the excitement, the, right. the, just the chance of anything happening or what's going to happen is just, that's what, that's what makes sports grow. Well, we went to the Panthers game not so long ago yeah. and that was exciting from beginning to end. It was the first time for Mr. Paul over there, but for me, I've been there before and I got to tell yeah. you, I mean, hockey you know, games just, are the best live. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, you get into the moment and then it's just, box. Relax. Okay. Box or not. It was exciting. Beginning yeah. to end. I was just like, Woo! Uh, <laughs> it, it was wild, but I think it's just like, you feel it. Yeah. You're in it. Yeah. And, and I mean, of course you, the moments where they start throwing fists that, that enhances the experience, but for the most part, Double like overall, in, you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, it just adds to, to that. But, one thing though that, like for me, I don't know for you guys, since uh, you're, you have a closer relationship with with Chelsea, but for me that I still have trouble kind of like wrapping my my head around it is I've always known him to be a Miata and a BMW guy or mm-hmm, Mazda yeah. BMW guy. Mm-hmm. He yeah. still is. Well, oh, of he course, <laughs> I understand that. But the thing is, it's just the association with the Ford. It's just like ah, you yeah, know, my Ford, Mazda, you know. 
Ford. Well, oh, I'll give you that. Yes. yes. Ford did own Mazda for, yeah, for a time. So that. I guess there's that connection. But um, do you guys feel that way about it? Or Well, I mean, listen, you, you he gotta, owns that Ford Mustang. Yeah. He does. yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, yeah. and not only that, I feel like Mustang now gives you a pretty nice platform just to go drifting straight out the bat. You know, so like he's showcasing that you know right. with his demo cars and when we went to clean culture he had his s550 mm-hmm. demo car there and again that's just your regular coyote motor in there i mean other yeah. than he had a drive shaft i believe the re-ran and he had an angle kit on it the motor other than that was relatively stock and you see when he was going up against lz and his s15 um randy in the blue s14 yeah yeah, right, randy, no, yeah and he's 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 pushing like 700 horsepower in that car mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. and like you saw sometimes the you know Chelsea's S550 was having a hard time keeping up, especially on the dra- uh, straightaway. But obviously, once he entered drift, right. he would catch up. But um, but it's just a good platform to start, and I think he's especially with this new drift. Uh, the Mustang now is a drift knob or whatever oh, it is yeah. from the factory. Oh, we were talking about. That, Would yeah. you ever think <laughs> an actual manufacturer coming out with a drift knob? It's almost like saying, "Hey, this car is set up for drifting. Have fun." Right. You know, like. Now you can go drifting on the streets. Yeah, I'm not saying that's what they're saying. I rented one of those. The thing's completely set up, dude. That thing is ready. Right. So he's Uh, just showcasing that car. And I've never been a Mustang fan my entire life. Chelsea even knows that. He was like, you know, he always makes fun of me for that. It's just like, I'm driving a car that you never liked, you know? Mm -hmm. Now I'm at an age (laughs) where I appreciate every car now. Mm -hmm. I don't care what it is, you know, Mm -hmm. if it's a properly built. And especially if there's a good driver driving behind and taking Mm -hmm. it to the limits. I have full respect for that car, but I think, you know, again, Chelsea's following the sport. He wants to grow himself as a driver. You know, he wants to exceed himself as a driver and this gave him the perfect opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. But his passion is still towards Mazda and BMWs. I recently got a chance to visit him. I brought him some arrow case stuff for his cars and his shop is literally filled with Miatas and Mazdas. Miatas and BMWs. um, BMWs. Good. Mm. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I was starting to wonder. I was like, hey, pal. I mean, He's got uh, a couple of Miatas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got the opportunity to drive a right hand drive individual throttle body Miata that he got from Japan. Mm-hmm. From And he doesn't even know where it's been tuned from, whatever the mm-hmm. case is. But this car was fun to drive, man. I'll tell you that. Mm. You know, and he has a couple of Miatas. Uh, he has a couple of BMWs. And, and, you know, he's, like I said, he still has that passion for those cars. Yeah. Well, we had one. Miata driver that's and him and his buddy, um, Taylor Ray and uh, Ben Julian. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, brought the Miatas kind of back to this. I want to say brought it back to the scene because Chelsea was running it for a while. Then he broke into he went to the BMW. But there wasn't a driver that I can think of that was throwing down like Taylor Ray yeah, and, and Ben Julian. Yeah. And how they kind of you start seeing more miatas pop up after they were just well, like back in the day it was chelsea ryan mm-hmm. ralph remember ralph the vinyl that he had on the windshield i don't want to say yeah, it, but, like yeah. there was a few miata drivers back yeah. in the day that was right. drifting on it but um but i mean yeah it's glad to see yeah. it back honestly i would love to see some like really like jdm inspired style like 240s back out there drifting yeah you know yeah. but i just feel like it's it's not other than final bout yeah you and heavy competition, I yeah, just, just don't can't f- hang. No. Yeah. Yeah. Does. He has a very low, yeah, very stylistic. Uh, that's 13. Yeah, that's the mouse. Yeah, yeah you look Justin him up. Uh, actually, I'll look him up. Yeah, well, I know a couple of drivers have like S5. I think it's an S14, but it's the S15. Right. 
um front even and rear. quarter and yeah because yeah, i know super doof now i believe yeah, it's super uh, doof yeah, oh no ben, ben hobson has that same kit. yeah where you literally it's a whole you could mount a full s15 re-rend um and you just got to buy the headlights uh taillights and headlights a lot of guys are making a transition over to the vets now what do you think yeah i like it you have you drove one no no I mean, I, I like drove, yeah. I've driven vets, and obviously you have to really modify the steering angle because yes. I, I haven't driven a newer vet, but I know some of the old ones, like the C5, mm-hmm. you know, chassis, and those. Yeah, I don't think anybody uses no C5. angles at all. No, no, C6 is about um, as far back as they go. What's his name? Um, Dirk. Dirk's right. All Dirk's car has is coilovers, cut knuckles, and a. Um, I forgot where the motor's made. Who makes the motor? Lingenfelter. Lingenfelter, yeah. Lingenfelter, oh, 800 yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's it. all. It's, it's all. Yeah. It's still on the stock bushings for the whole entire suspension. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, being Nothing a newer, else. a newer, I mean, not really newer, but I mean, I remember my S14, I never changed the bushings other than the front control arm bushings, right. you know? Um, at the time, it was somewhat of a newer car. Uh, but yeah, like with the vets, I know it's like as long as you update that angle, I mean, put some suspension well, and, and, to it. and you're good to go. Yeah, Taylor Ray going from he went from the Miata and he built built a uh, yeah built a vet. Clutch Kickers built like a vet you could rent like the rent a vet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Taylor Hole went from the Cadillac to the the vet. A lot of guys are making that transition. I feel like the three fifty Zs now are, are like the two forties. They are, and now Absolutely. the 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 vets. Oh, very nice. Yeah. The vets are like the 350Cs from back in the day. Because back in the day, you drove a 350Z, you're like, man, you're driving a brand new car. This is going to be expensive to fix. Yeah. You know, if you break it. But I feel like it took its place. Yeah. So that's that's Dustin Miles. He definitely. He's got two cars. He's got the. Very nice, man. Yeah. But it really gives you that D1 Street Legal vibe. Right. I like it. Right. I like and it that's what he's into. Wait, he drives FD? Yeah. Yeah. Pro right. 2. Uh, yeah, yes, prospect. yes, okay. Prospect. Pro, yeah, yeah. Drives, drives in, uh, he has two I can see. I, I never watch Pro 2 because I always yeah. put on FD when yeah. you know, like yeah. I said, I, I watch it. To, to I'm not a fan, it. like, I don't really watch much drifting outside of going to the events and stuff uh, and watching maybe clips here and there mm-hmm. on YouTube. Like, I won't watch a whole episode of or a whole. Uh, I'll be straight event. honest with you. Hmm? The moment Chelsea, gets, Chelsea gets knocked again, out, right, <laughs> I turn it off. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I don't watch care who boy, wins right. after that. Yeah. Watch the, the highlights on Instagram. That's it. I'll, I'll yeah. find out who right. won afterwards. That's it. Yeah, you know? There you go. Watch huh. the cool edited videos. Yeah. But once Chelsea's out, unfortunately, I turn it off. Yeah, it's no, no more. No more. No more. Then back in the day, we used to watch D1 videos and we watch it for hours. And a lot of times, the same DVDs. On repeat. Yeah. Yeah. I still watch old videos like that. But we will watch it through the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, it's just. It was a different style of driving. I don't know if it's just because we were so passionate and into it because we were kind of more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, or, again, it just has uh, has changed. Again, in a positive. I'm not saying anything mm-hmm. negative about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just the old style was just, just mm-hmm. you know, to us it was grassroots. Or to me it was grassroots. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of Drift Week? I have not. Yeah, okay. so basically they have a thing now where... Aaron Lucy. Yeah, you want to explain it? No, you go ahead. No, because I'm listening. Oh, okay. All right, so it's basically... Driving. Yeah, so they go from track to track. So the original idea was you got to stay in the same car, and you got to drive your car from track to track, which a lot of guys still do. But they basically have events lined up at different tracks, and they do, I don't know, like 1,500 miles or 2,000 miles between all the tracks, driving from track to track, and it was almost like just a gauntlet, right? People fixing their cars, and it brings back that old school right. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Driving a car to the track. People have all kinds of different wagons or trailers or rigs set up to carry their tires with them. 
Um, they do like have a trailer that what they people can put tires on the trailer follows them around. But basically, yeah, look it up Drift Week. They basically go, and it's not like a live stream thing. You just have to watch people's YouTube channels and watch them as they go from event to event. Does. Yeah, Chelsea does it. Mm. Drift week. Yeah. I've yeah. heard of it. Drift Week. Yeah, look it up. They, yeah, they I've do heard like of it. Two, two oh, yeah. years. Yeah. They, they're on their sixth one. And it started in uh, during COVID. So they're like, yeah, about two a year. Yeah. But it's really crazy. It's basically, yeah, you, they got to take you start with your car, you drive it to the track, you drive it to the next track, you drive it to the next track. No competition. It's not a competition. No competition. Just, just fun, fun day, fun day, fun, fun day. It's fun day after fun day after fun day. Like you drive the most track. amount of driving you'll ever do in that mm-hmm. sounds awesome. So that's what I would Which gotta be, you gotta, you gotta build have a, car, a very reliable, reliable yeah. car. Yeah, absolutely. And you gotta have heat because it's up north. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a South Florida boy. I mean, I go past Orlando, I'm like, it's cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm the same. Alex's yeah. gonna have some problem for overheating. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that'll yeah, solve that's one problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you mentioned earlier talking about um, telling, trying to instill some of your uh, upbringing to your, your children. Uh, and this is in regards to like drifting. So, are you guys with your relationship with Taxi Garage getting those carts and trying to like get your kids to slide around with the carts? I would say, yeah. I actually, I'll be honest, I don't have a crazy cart yet, but I just started having the conversation. Yep. I kind of stayed away from them, just uh, they kind of scare me a little bit. Yeah, yeah they're <laughs> fast. I'm like, I need my hands for my career. I don't want to like <laughs> break my kneecap. Oh, yeah, nice. Well, yeah, but now it's gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, they're having way too much fun. And anytime Ryan lets me borrow his crazy card, I have like the biggest smile on my face. So yeah, yeah, we went there. We did um, and he yeah, had an episode, and I got on a slow one. Then he put me on a fast one, and it's I'm not unreal. flexible. So like. Like, I have to, like, really pull my leg up to not floor it. Well, I just got, I'm like, I'm, I'm stuck flooring it. I slammed in the side of Charlie's car. Like, I had a welt on the side of my leg for, like, three months. No, oh, man. I kept running in everything, man. I was crashing like you wouldn't believe. I still haven't time in my life. They're like, they're stage four, stage five. So That's no what I was, I was driving yeah. Charlie's. Yeah. Like, and it was like, I'm like oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember Fuel Fest, they had the little track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I brought my card out. My card out just has their 36-volt battery, their upgraded caster. Mm-hmm. So it has a stock neck, stock motor. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, me and my son, we ride it at least three or four times a, a week. Oh, okay. We ride it yeah. pretty often. I have a cool park next to my house that we go ride around. But um, So he was just like, you know, he gave me his card. He goes, dude, try this out. And he had their new tire, which was the air tube mm-hmm. tire. Yep. Um, it was in the solid ones that I have on mine. And I'm coming through the track, and I'm I'm taking it easy because I'm used to mine. Like I'm not trying to again, like I said, kill myself. You know, mm-hmm. like so. I remember I'm coming in, and one of the back entries, like I literally get like reverse coming in. Oh, and I come reverse coming in. I'm about to like spin out and go into the vents. So like I'm thinking, all right, what would I do in a car? I want the gas down. I literally put the gas down. <laughs> I start doing a burnout, like literally burning out but it catches my drift and i actually get out of it but then i'm burning out i pop the tire because i just hit it complete full gas and go like but it keeps me out of the drift it doesn't get me to crash in there because i feel like if i let go of the gas i was going straight into the fence Mm -hmm. yeah so i gave it gas to save the drift and it just burned out, and I like popped the tire going out, and then I flipped it (laughs) because of the tire popping literally on the rim but it was just, I was like, holy crap, how much speed does these things have? Yeah. You know, and I could only imagine on like long straightaways. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're flying yeah, on those things. Yeah, yeah those things myself. are fun though. 
Yeah, they were they were doing the bank at OSW. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they were doing the bank. I'm like, what are you guys doing? It's like, oh, it's fun. I'm like, okay, you guys stay up there. This you probably wouldn't even be able to do. <laughs> 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 what are you talking about? I think Phil. Back in the day, did the yeah, bank yeah, at OSW. Yeah, yeah. I crashed I'll, I'll, on the bank one time. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How, how was that? Uh, messed my car up pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. my welding career started after that. There you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> Everything was meant to be. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, going back, going back to, so you're basically just teaching your kids uh, drifting through the carts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, my son's going to be four, so like, you know, I really try to take it easy with him on yeah, it. Yeah, typically, like, I, I drive it. He sits on my lap. He does the gas, so he like we've gone full throttle like through the neighborhood and through the park. But I do majority of the steering. Actually, the other night we were in front of my house. He wanted to drive it, and we were driving, and then when we got in front of the house. Like, I started pulling the the handbrake up and started doing some donuts and going. He was having a good time, but. um Slowly but surely, I'm going to let him like kind of progress, and then if he gets big enough, ride it on his own, and mm. you know, get that pedal stopper that they sell. So yes, there you go. Full yep. throttle. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I man, he has a blast. He loves it. Like right. I said, at least three or four times a week, we're on that thing. Yeah. Do you guys put uh, your kids to sleep with option videos? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious. No. Yeah. No. No. Not yet. Not, <laughs> not, not yet. yet. Not a bad <laughs> idea, though. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. He's going to wake up learning Japanese, you know. (laughs) (laughs) What did she say? Like, where'd you learn this? Like, what's going on over here? I'm a proud dad. I'm a proud dad. Yeah, that's good. Um, Tim, I'm sorry. No, I don't. I don't really have too much else. I mean, I just, I just realized. Looked at time. We've been going at two and a half hours. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's Good how times. time flies. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Um. So I just want to end. Let's just go ahead and wrap it up because it's yes after twelve. But tell everybody where they can find you. Go over the deal again, and um, thanks for coming. Yeah, it was a good time, Tim. I mean, yeah, yo, first and foremost, you know, thank you, Drift Sessions, for having us out. I mean, I know we spoke about this, Mm -hmm. but we're both so excited to come out, speak to you guys. I mean, we've known you guys for so long. Um, We used to do so many events together, so it was really exciting for us to be here. So we want to thank you guys for having us. Absolutely. For, yeah, the shift knobs, Arrowcade Designs. You know, um, Arrowcade Designs is our Instagram. Arrowcadesigns.com is the website. Uh, till the end of the weekend, it's 20% off on all of our shift knobs. Uh, promo code Drift Sessions. Um, so we're going to throw in some goodies in there for you guys. Yeah, we'll make it worth everybody. it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, we just want to see our products out there, get the name out there, show the quality of our shift knobs. And I'm pretty confident everybody will be happy. So mm-hmm. 20% off, the end of day Sunday, promo code Drift Sessions. Um, any questions you guys have, hit us up um, You know, on Instagram. I'll be more than happy to answer any questions. Um, yeah. And yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having us. Good deal. Awesome. So with that said, uh, folks, we want to thank you uh, for tuning in. Um, actually, we were going to make an announcement, but we can't officially make it yet because this announcement may or may not affect uh, our next episode. So be stay tuned for our social media channels because uh, it's a major one. But in the meantime, uh, we hope to catch you next time. So... With that said, take care and good night. All right.